Why would you, you do, do that? It's so loud. Movies. Like, great. That's uh, that's right at the beginning of the recording too. Like for the people what? who listen to what Moolah it's gonna be. Bra, da, 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 that's right, everyone. <laughs> that's a sneak peek at a See. future EFAP project. We're gonna EFAP movies all coming on this. All, all of the watch together linked default animations. Mm -hmm. and we're going to see which one's best. The yes. one of them's about like a, a bunny, a big fucking rabbit. Yeah, there's, there's loads of those. Ones, I, think. I think that's like a series. I don't know. Oh, God. But, um, that's a whole series. Big Buck Bunny on all his adventures. Do you know, I was, I was uh, streaming today and uh, people were like, you guys, you guys going to get on doing Godzilla Minus One, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, and uh, Aquaman 2, and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so many mm. things to talk about. Have you seen The Fishman yet, uh, Fringy? The Fishman? Mm-hmm, Fishman 2. Oh, Aquaman. No, not yet. Oh, you're missing out. Well, Me and Rex saw it. If I, if I was going to describe... It, when, when people ask if I've seen Rebel Moon, I'll just say, I saw Rebel Moon! It wasn't as good as Aquaman 2. Yeah, that's how I feel um, about it. Okay, yeah. I've seen some people say that Aquaman miserable. 2 was terrible, awful, miserable, just the worst thing ever, and it's like... Pfft, I don't know if it was miserable. Um, we had, it, I think we had fun making fun of it as we were watching it. Rebel Moon was miserable. I agree with you, yes. I agree completely. It's gonna be sad, because it's like, wow, this is the end of the DCEU, huh? Aquaman is indeed a, 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 uh, how to, like a dude bro movie for at least half of ah. it. Kind of weird, in fact. It is kind of weird, yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully we get the Orm Cinematic Universe going after that movie. Seems to be the one. I'd that... watch the Orm Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. I would ponder oh, the Orm. I mean, he was pretty funny in the first one. Yeah, but <laughs> unintentionally. That's the thing. They kind of like lent into and characterized him better in the second one than in the first one. Um, oh, okay. Like oh, he's well, he's more well rounded now, and he's he's willing to accept that he was kind of a clown in the first one, but he's also a, everyone's a clown in this one, so you know what I mean. It's like oh okay, kind of weird. Yeah. But, uh, did, they, did I still play his theme? I think so. <laughs> I can't even remember oh, anymore. That's, that's okay, that's great. If they play his theme even once, I'll enjoy it more than Rebel Moon. <laughs> well, that was there's really miserable watching yeah, that. Yeah, Rebel Moon was actually miserable. Horrible, those, yeah, terrible uh, film. Yeah. For those curious about Rebel Moon, do not see it. It is miserable. It's, it's not no, funny. It's not fun it, to make it, fun of. No. The most it incredible thing about through and through. Rebel Moon is that you're sitting there with your, you know, all your files and your notes, and you're like, all right, what is the set of worst movies ever? And then Rebel Moon bursts in. It says, "Fuck all those files. I'm here." And you're like, "Whoa." Yeah. Um. I mean, I got asked the other day what I thought the worst movie of the year was, and I was like, "Oh, well, you know, it's probably like Batman <laughs> or the Marvels." And then someone was like, "Hey, well, you haven't seen Rebel Moon yet." Uh, now I have, and now it's in the running. <laughs> My least favorite movie. It's this a year. big contender. It really is. It's gonna yeah, get that, you. That was a painful experience. There is a kind of misery that Rebel Moon brings to the table. By the way, fun little factoid to just make you think. Um, mm. Zack Snyder was the cinematographer on Army of the Dead and Rebel Moon. He was not the cinematographer on the films that he made before those two. The one that just, everyone says know, have amazing cinematography? Yeah, I was going to say, it's just a something bit of an interesting... interesting to bear in mind. The, everyone says like his vision is great in films that he's not the cinematographer on. That's kind of interesting. But again, you know, there's there's still something there, but I do find it interesting that the films that have been, like, the most unbearable visually that he's made are the ones where he was the cinematographer. 
Well, yeah, he because I mean, uh, Army of the Dead was one of the most unpleasant movies to watch visually I've yeah. ever seen. Um, to the point where I, I don't know if any movie. Did I get a headache from um, it? I could have sworn I, I got a headache from it. I, I think would, I, I would be surprised if you got a headache from it. Yeah. I kind of was feeling pretty bad after it was done. It was painful. Um, also, someone asks, uh, is this live or pre-recorded? Uh, pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. Yes. Oh, uh, yes, pre-recorded. Pre-recorded seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Amazing technology we have. Also, welcome, Cinematic Venom. Do you want to uh, tell me what you want to go by? Well, I'm assuming do you want to be called, just calling you Sin or Cinematic or, or probably Rob, I'd imagine. Is that, is that you what you call me? Rob, <laughs> cinematic Venom, either way. I've seen all the memes that are coming up in the chat as well for no reason. And Oh, the, <laughs> they, no reason. Yeah. I'm sure they're That's quite excited. That, uh, I've seen you guys have made a lot of memes about me and they're very creative, so I've been loving every minute of it. The, the for no reason meme pops up all the time. <laughs> all the time. It's got some staying power. Well, the we got the nor from the... Fringy meme, and they combine them for no reason. I've seen a lot of like anti-gay memes as well. They're, they're quite good ones. <laughs> <laughs> quite good anti-gay memes. Yeah, the achievements of EFAP chat. Um, yeah, uh, hey, great to have you on. I know that um, you know, you've been through all kinds of different things, this, that, and the other, and that uh, uh, I'd reached out to you before and that you 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 know you, yeah. you wanted to have your own time to do your own things and that's absolutely okay um, um all i want to do is apologize for not getting back to you fast drive i just completely yeah, swamped fine. with all kinds of things but here you are and i suppose we are here now before we chat to you about your uh your epic return to reviewing lord of the rings um well we could probably just talk to you in general how you doing yeah what's up what are you doing with your life <laughs> in general <laughs> well, I'm doing a lot better now. Obviously, I had a bit of a mental episode when this stream happened. Um, that was my issue, not you guys. I took that the completely wrong way. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the EFAP community have actually been really welcoming, um, as they still are in the chat as I'm reading along there. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sure like for said, no they're, reason. They're yeah. going to be very excited and hyperactive. Uh, <laughs> well behaved, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when the stream dropped, um, I did say this on a previous podcast, but uh, I thought you guys were assholes. Um, mm -hmm. I only I only caught about 10 seconds of it, um, and I was having, like, a really bad week. So uh, what had happened was someone tagged me on Twitter, and I caught about 10 seconds, and basically someone said, well, your opinion is wrong! And that was all <laughs> I needed. <laughs> I was like, well, screw you then! Um and I just kind of thought you guys shat all over my review. I hadn't rewatched the review itself since it came out, uh -huh. so I just thought it was very much uh, oh they don't um, they don't respect my opinion. It wasn't until months later I thought you know what I'm going to sit down and record myself rewatching it for the first time with a friend. And everything you guys said was justified. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, why did Gimli want Frodo to die? That is the main question. <laughs> we we still try to figure it out to this day, right? <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's a lot of subtext stuff, I think. It's uh, to be drawn yeah, out Yeah, I it. mean, when I decided to re-review it, I actually sat down with the intent. I was like, look, I'm, I'm probably still going to hate the films, but at least I'll articulate myself a bit better this time. Mm -hmm. And then I got through Fellowship, and I messaged my, my mate who loves Lord of the Rings and I said, I kind of enjoyed Fellowship. 
and he i've never seen him so smug before in in my life <laughs> and he was oh wait till you get to two and then yeah the same thing happened with two towers and then um return of the king i actually really liked all of them it was not a case of me putting on a front to make amends or anything i genuinely really liked them um earlier in the week i attempted to watch the extended cuts for the first time oh yeah uh i didn't have time to watch all of them but i did watch the extended cut of fellowship uh, I have quite a short attention span, but I was amazed because I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, there were things like at the start of Fellowship with the uh, like the backstory of the Hobbits and stuff that I don't think were really needed, but I still found quite interesting, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, no, I really like the extended cut. Um, and over time, yeah, I look back and everything you guys said, completely justified. The video was awful. I cringe at it a lot. People are still typing in the chat. Gimli wants Frodo to die. <laughs> yes, that'll be the whole stream, I think. But yeah, well, uh, that's that's really interesting, isn't it? Because like, um, we we actually did coverage of the trilogy again. We we tend to come back to it every once in a while. The three of us adore it. Um, yeah. It's the eight hour video that came out. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but like we try to go over in that, like how much we think there's so much to praise about a lot of the execution in it, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd imagine that. On multiple viewings, you will end up spotting things maybe that you didn't before, or um, yeah. you know, beyond just pressure from people saying like you were wrong. I imagine that you know it's it's good to hear that you would actually genuinely enjoy it. That's obviously what people would want. But is it as good as Harry Potter? Hmm. Well, I haven't seen Harry <laughs> Potter in so long that I can't answer <laughs> that question. Me neither. That was I another thing. I have not seen Harry Potter in ages. I've seen a, a few time. of them. I haven't seen all of them, so don't know. Yeah, I know the. The Moria troll looks better than the first Harry Potter troll. Alright, that's that's Yes. You just have to, also, have to get that. Uh, the Goblet of Fire, isn't that the one with the time travel? Or no, Prisoner of Azkaban, right? That's yeah. the time travel one. Time tuner, yeah. yeah. Goblet of Fire is the one where it's a very elaborate plan that was unnecessarily elaborate, right? I've seen uh yeah. addressels of, of that, if that's a word, of that of that criticism. I can't remember what the counters were. That's the thing, I'm so they out can't of the loop. Be good. I'm sort of the There's loop on no, Harry Potter stuff that like it's like, hard for me to remember. I don't, I don't want to discount like people's defenses of it, but there's no fucking way you couldn't just have Harry touch a port key at any point that you wanted him to, and just skip this whole song and dance. I think it's still <laughs> wacky that all those kids can just die in that competition. <laughs> like, yeah, isn't that crazy? They can just fucking die. They can just be like, yeah, the dragon ate that? Billy. So <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy got fucking eaten by the dragon. Because they have to randomly draw, and I, this is based off of a lot of past, you know, member, I got a bit redundant, but it's been a long time since I've read the books and watched the movies. But don't they have to, um, they have to randomly select which dragon they fight? And some dragons are pussies. And then Harry, of course, gets like the worst one. The Hungarian Horntail. Ooh, the most devious and dangerous of all the dragons. And I'm like, okay, 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 all right. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> One of those, so like, floofy flea, but it's just this fat dinosaur dragon person that just, like, rolls around. Like, oh, Even when I was a kid, um, growing up and reading the books, as they were coming out, um, I remember when uh, Goblet of Fire was coming out, or the movies or whatever, wh whichever one it was, it doesn't matter. And I realized that one of the challenges was you had to go to the mermaids and fight the mermaids to save someone. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, well, if you haven't figured out that this is all underwater, you just can't even do anything. 
you can't even participate in the competition because you have to go all the way underwater to this the bottom to, like, of this massive bring, lake. Uh, breathing apparatus prep, don't you? Then they all yeah. have like, different. So yeah. if you don't have that prepped, and you're you're showing up to the challenge, and it's in the middle of the lake, and you're like, oh fuck, uh, what what's this all about? And you haven't figured out that you have to have some underwater like device, you're just screwed. You you just can't participate in the challenge with everybody. Hey man, it's ruthless. Okay, That's, I uh, guess people die. I don't we'll know. I, die. I I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Potter falls apart uh, falls apart more than any other <laughs> like series. The I haven't seen it in ages. Even though I like the films, I consider it to be like the least consistent film franchise ever because. When they make each film, they just adapt specifically from the book rather than a, make a sequel. Mm -hmm. So they don't explain things from like previous films. They just adapt from things the book. Just get, like, like forgotten or yeah. So there's a part in like the eighth uh, film where he's got like a shard of glass that shows Dumbledore, and that's not in any of the previous films, but it's in the book. So right. if you've not seen the book, you're screwed. Whereas Lord of the Rings obviously was all made. At the same time, which really helped. Yeah, and you d you don't have to have read the books to enjoy the films. Yeah, I was about to say the Lord of the Rings is basically the opposite. It's all the they're based off of the trilogy, but the films are very much in continuity with one another. Yeah, they sure are. Um, well, yeah. But why are Sam and Frodo gay? I don't know. We're trying to figure that one out too, because you're far from the only person that would have made that connection. That's a that's a common one. You know what? When I rewatched them, I actually specifically tried to find points where they might act <laughs> quote gay, and by the end of it, I was like, "Nah, I'm stumped." I that's genuinely gross. couldn't find one. Well, yeah. most of it, most of it these days is people who want them to be gay, and if there was a new version, they would make them gay, and it's just like, man. Yeah. Well, it used to be that the gay jokes were tongue-in-cheek, and they were just memes. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah, memes yeah. that they're gay. And then people started to be like, no, no, they really are gay. Just like the way that they say that this character's trans, that character's trans, stuff like yeah. that. Um, but it's like, no, my, they're just think, uh, super bros. What I got confused about in Return of the King, I think Sam's marriage just seemed out of nowhere. But when I saw the extended cut of Fellowship, there's actually groundwork being planted there. That oh, kind of builds that up makes sense. Ah, oh, fair yeah. enough, yeah. That's the yeah. thing. I'm at the point now where I've pretty much forgotten most of what the theatricals even look like. I know there's some, I know some scenes that have been cut out because I remember them being cut out for like you know being angry at them for cutting it out. But now there are scenes where if I was to rewatch the theatricals, I'd be like, "Holy fuck! They just jumped from this to this without even showing." Okay, we yeah. we consider well, it quintessential yeah. viewing to go I, for extendeds. Uh, never saw the theatrical. Only ever saw the extended. So that is my. That's my only experience with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it, yeah. it won't I mean, be a problem for us, because if we watch the Lord of the Rings movies, they're always going to be extended, so yeah. that's not a yeah, thing everyone has to worry about. Yeah. Even after this review, like, there's some things I say in the review that I actually disagree with now after oh. re-watching them. So yeah, that could be interesting. Well, uh, I suppose, because we, we can continue to talk about whatever, basically, as we go through it, but uh, would you be interested in starting it up with us? We'll have a little look-see, see, see what... The... I'm nervous, man. Imagine I rewatched them, <laughs> like the movies, and you guys are still like, nah, shit. I, I we completely I, reversed each other's positions, we're actually, it turns out we hate it. We hate and it. You change from hating it to loving it. I've, I've heard from several uh, EFAP fans in the in the audience and stuff to, that they, they, they really liked your video on it, so uh, I was always curious to see it. But I thought we should save it for getting you on as well to chat about it's this. Christmas miracle. It, it is. is. I was I was gonna try and do like a get it get you for like one ninety three or two ninety three and then I was just like ah fuck it Christmas <laughs> it's a Christmas <laughs> gift they can uh, 
they can wonderfully enjoy. Alright, I've got this link here, let's uh, boot her up. Um, I don't know, is there anything you want to mention about, like, the production or, or uh, this, that, and the other about it before we started up? It's completely up to you, obviously. This is your video. Um, I mean, no, the review portion was actually done um, a f couple, like, a year or so ago. Um, and then I deleted my channel in, like, a mental breakdown. And when I brought it back, I was like, right, it was, like, episode 100 of my show. And I was like, this needs to be Lord of the Rings. So I inserted, like, a storyline just to reference the EFAP thing because... I, I can't exactly hide it. If <laughs> it's it's everywhere now, um, and I thought I'll I'll embrace the meme, I'll embrace the gay, and <laughs> I'll make fun of myself. Uh, and people seem to like the the storyline portion of it. So there I think is hopefully a, you guys will laugh. A remarkable success rate on the internet of uh, embracing the memes, and uh, one of our <laughs> earliest episodes, uh, you know, that's how we met JX. It was uh, a lot of memes were embraced, and a lot of. Uh, bad blood was turned into good blood like straight away just through trying to you know chill out about it but it's funny because you said you know you, you thought of us as like the assholes immediately you're far from the only one i would say it's probably unfortunately the more common reaction to uh find that your video is being watched live and made fun of it's just like well fuck all of you guys when um <laughs> that's like the intuitive response when the better response every time is always to be like yeah fair enough if they don't like it you know i guess i'll maybe i'll check it out like i, I say this as if we had definitively good coverage on anything but i guess what i'm trying to say is you try and approach that before finding out more about it just because um you know it goes a long way for the fans of that thing like efab fans are always thoroughly impressed with anyone who comes on after they've been covered like uh mm, it's like an automatic yeah. you're a pretty cool person card and yeah it tells oh, yeah, you how it absolutely. goes absolutely because most people are just whiny bitches uh and they'll <laughs> go to twitter or they'll spurg out or they'll mischaracterize everything we said um or they'll bunker just describe down and me. stuff like that just <laughs> We just wanted to watch some YouTube videos and say what we thought. We didn't mean to, you know, yeah. blow up the well, whole world. That was, that was the thing in my video. I was an asshole to anyone who liked Lord of the Rings. So I, I think I make a virgin joke, a sheep joke. I'm like, oh, you like it for no for no reason. Well, people who like Lord of the Rings are virgins, though. That one is that one is right. Yes. <laughs> and then um, when people like when people retaliated, then I had a little tantrum. Um, but yeah, that that's all fair. Yeah, okay. someone just uh, referenced in chat. It's like when Hassan found out that we'd covered one of his videos, he was like, I have no idea what they are. And then it's like, they covered you. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, their content is shit. Well, he <laughs> said like, we were Nazis. Hey, what? <laughs> like, I have no opinion because I've never seen them. But also, they're terrible. If they covered me, they must be Hitler yep. admirers. You know, well, as the they are. The chat is now like, he said the line for me. <laughs> he did the <laughs> For God's sake. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make merch and put that on a t-shirt. I don't even care. That's the way to go. Um, I'll give you guys royalties. Yeah, there's something to monetizing, you know, memes about you or haters or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. Let's get it started. I gotta say, of literally every YouTuber I have ever seen in the decade plus that I've been using this website, I have never seen anyone worse than Cinema Virgin. <laughs> oh my god, Wolf, I forgot. It's Wolf. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's being... So, I, I have to say, so I didn't... The stream was very long, I didn't get a chance to watch it all, but I saw this video of Wolf. Um, I actually watched the whole thing. I think it's like a 12-minute video or something. But I watched it when I was generally, genuinely feeling shit. 
And I have to thank Wolf because he humbled the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it was so savage. But the thing is, it was all true. So I was like, you know what? This is he's got a point. Let me just put this in the video. So fair enough. It it was all accurate. Wolf does have a way about him. <laughs> he can, he's got a uh, with words. Yes. I would consider the word the worst. He didn't get a single fucking thing right in that entire hour and a half of worthless garbage ass video. He literally stretched so far that he couldn't even manage to pluck a point that made any level of sense. The fact that you act like a little bitch when people insult you, when you insulted people in like every five minutes of your video, goes to show what a spineless loser you are. A complete Jeez. tool. <laughs> He's being rough. Don't tell people you well, have manic. Wolf's <laughs> particularly passionate about Lord of the Rings. Wolf is, uh, <laughs> Wolf is, Wolf, Wolf has things to say, that's certainly he's, true. He's got opinions, the man is opinionated. Depression as a get-out-of-jail-free card, aside from it being just pathetic on a level that not even a child would go to, it's just really sad that you would use that after insulting people consistently. You can stop your pissy little snipes on Twitter acting like a five-year-old, pretending like you have any say with your audience of four people who actually give a shit about your god-awful content. You make it a little difficult to sympathize with you. How badly can you miss the point, my dude? Yeah, no, he's just been, he's just been a prick now. He's just been a prick now. It's not just that he doesn't like the movies. CJ's getting in as well. I can't even remember this that well, like the episode. I can't remember. That was a long time ago, to be fair. In a that galaxy was, far, far away, yeah. FAP 100 was... What would be that, three, three, three years ago? Three years and a few weeks, yeah. yeah. Three years, yeah. Fucking hell, time travels. It's the reason, he, he says he doesn't like the movies, therefore they're bad. Or they're bad because he doesn't like them, and then he gives really terrible reasons. Hey. This is an emergency. I need to see you. Now. Look, I need your help. If you really are who you say you are, and if you can really do what you say you can do, you're my only hope. The oh fuck do you want? Wait, what is this? <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, I guess we'll uh, find out. It was a character I created on my show. Uh, my friend didn't really want to be on camera, so I thought, well, just do voiceovers, and I'll make you this ancient, mystical entity named Dave. <laughs> All right. His name Dave is just funny, yeah. Does uh, he, who uh, controls uh, time. Dave is a funny name, yeah. Did you meet yeah, him so under we... this uh, bridge, or was this where he lives? I, I, couldn't, I could buy both. <laughs> yeah, this is where Dave lives, mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Oh, yeah. Fair, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I'm liking the world building already, yeah. You said that you control time. Yes. Then I need your help. How? Send me back. Back where? To the hair salon? Back in time. Damn, Dave is a bit, a bit rude, isn't he? Jeez. Uh, Dave, but you're wearing a hat. How does Dave know? <laughs> he's, he's omniscient. Oh, he <laughs> oh sees. Yeah, he sees everything. Dave's oh, power is not of this Incredible world. Incredible power. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rob. Rob. That's big. I know. Dude, this is bigger than anything we've ever dealt with before. Please. I just... need to check something. Rob, going through time is dangerous business. The slightest change could alter the entire world's future. I wouldn't be asking 
if it wasn't an emergency, okay? Just send me back to March the 6th, 2017. That's an oddly specific date, but... <sighs> okay, but listen very carefully. If I do this, you cannot, cannot, under any circumstances, interact with anything. Even the slightest movement would trigger an irreparable break in the space-time continuum that could throw everything out of whack. Okay, I promise. Rob, I mean it. Don't touch anything. President Vladimir Putin authorized a special... <laughs> oh, that, was that was you that caused that? Oh. I was, I'm sorry, guys. Has, has anything I'm weird... Sorry. Has anything bad happened the last couple of years? That just seems <laughs> oh, out you'll of see. place. You'll see. I'm oh, sorry, guys. Military operation in Ukraine's Donbass region. Don't sneeze. <laughs> Donald Trump wins the presidency. Oh my Don't goodness. God. God. Sneezed in it. Damn. Guys. <sighs> Buckingham Palace announced the death. Oh no! Because you sat down. So it's Italy's European Championship, and uh, once more, this is soccer. Penalty. Who knows anything about sports? What is this sport I don't know, thing? I don't, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want in soccer. I don't, I don't care. Shoot out for England. Don't step on a bug. The coronavirus is the no! biggest threat this country has oh, no! decades. And finally, most importantly, do not. I repeat, do not interact with your past self completely understand so all in all it is such an overrated trilogy they're clearly gay none of it makes sense they do shit for no reason <laughs> it's a great summary <laughs> clearly gay and do things for no reason i actually wore the same hoodie as that review but i didn't have the robocop t-shirt anymore so i had to Damn. literally amazon one and then oh, I, dedication. I, I, like I, yeah. I, I tried to find the location in these woods where I shot the two towers part and I couldn't find it. So I was like, oh, I'll have to just find the tree that I climbed instead. But I think I matched it up pretty well. Did you get you got to that same tree or did you find a tree that looks similar enough? I think it was the same one. I don't know. There's a lot of trees there. It's a big so, forest. This is all wonderful trivia for the, the production. <laughs> it's like Lord I, of the Rings like behind that. the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Rob. You gay? What? I mean, is it just me or the way you're just standing there clearly looks like you want to fuck me in the ass? <laughs> what? No, I'm you, but from the future. What? I'm from the year 2023. <laughs> Things have gotten real bad. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. The queen dead. <laughs> no, are you high? Whatever you do, do not post this review. I, I appreciate the subtlety of the joke of do you have flying cars in the future when it's only like, four <laughs> years <laughs> in the future. Yeah. View, man. Seriously, dude, you're going to post this review and it's going to go viral. Really? Not in the way you're thinking. You're going to be human. <laughs> not in the way you're thinking. <laughs> not in a good way. Destroy your entire YouTube channel. <laughs> Virgins. People are going to make memes about you. Your entire YouTube channel is going to be completely destroyed. What, just because I don't like some films? Well, no, maybe it's because you got everything wrong. What? Look, you don't want to do this. And besides, Lord of the Rings is really good. Yeah, you're definitely gay. What? No, I just rewatched the Look. A lot of gay people have been known to like Lord of the Rings. It is true, statistically That's speaking. True. I can't name any, but they're out there. They're out there. How about <laughs> we just forget about the review for now, okay? Let's just go home. And we can watch the films together. What? No, why would I do that? I'll give you next week's lottery numbers. Sure, fine. You're gonna break the space-time continuum though, you gotta be careful. 
Well, the Lord know, of the Rings. the Queen's dead, just go for it. <laughs> She's already dead. We <laughs> fucked up, it's fine. It was a worldwide phenomenon and remains so, which is incredibly impressive considering they were published as books nearly 70 years ago. Author J.R.R. Tolkien started out with a fantasy tale, The Hobbit, in 1937, but went on to write a trilogy of sequels adapting to the lore during World War II, though they wouldn't be published until 10 years after the fact. In 1969, Tolkien sold the rights to these stories to United Artists for around £100,000, supposedly to pay off a tax bill that he owed, though it's unclear whether that's entirely true or not. But this sum would be the equivalent of nearly three million pounds today, as well as gaining 7.5% royalty from any future adaptations, which would continue to go to his estate once he'd pass mm. away. In 1976, United Artists sold the majority of these rights to Solzant's company, though they did retain the world distribution rights to any further movie adaptations. Rankin and Bass managed to license the rights, and an animated TV special adapting The Hobbit was produced in 1977, followed by an adaptation of the third book, Return of the King, in 1980. However, in 78, just a year after the first TV special was aired, an animated feature film adaptation of The Lord of the Rings was made. Although it earned decent money, fan and critical reception was mixed and it didn't make nearly enough at the box office to warrant a sequel. A I haven't ever seen uh, clips and pieces of that. I've never actually seen the whole thing. It's a trip. It's, um, it does get referenced here and there. A lot of bunch. Um, what do you, what, what's, what, what's your take on it, Rags? You've seen it, right? I think it's very, it is very much a product of a different time. Uh, they pretty much rotoscope the entire thing which makes it a very interesting visual experience to watch. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things, like clearly they had people acting out all the stuff and then they animated over it, which is, it, there are some interesting things that happened along the way, I'll say that. But it's just from a different time. It's very, very whimsical and it has this charm to it. Um, it doesn't have this sense of epicness that obviously the, the modern trilogy has, if I can still call it the modern trilogy. But it's just a whole different animal. But it's it's just very it's very charming and kind of whimsical. Um, someone in chat saying it inspired Mip from uh Spout. Oh yeah, friends. Very yeah. very clearly. What even the part when he turns into a pile of goo? <laughs> no, I think that's the subversive part. <laughs> I highly recommend Smiling Friends. Rags, have we made you watch Smiling Friends? I can't remember. Um, I think I've I think I've seen it all. Good. I can't uh, remember so when. Where, where... So when I say get out of my head, man, you imagine that with like crystal clarity. You know exactly what Get out of my head, man. Is. Yeah. Get out of my head, man. Okay, that's head. good. Did yeah. you watch the Brazil episode? <sighs> they were in it's... the airport. Do you remember the Halloween one? I remember, I remember the airport. Oh, well, if you remember I, I, the I mean, airport. Well, yeah, that's good. We should just see it again. Episode. Yeah, we should just see it again. Oh, it is an easy yeah, rewatch. Yeah. Don't crouch the Because I've seen so many pieces and parts that it it's kind of it's a little, I guess, confusing in my head as to whether I've seen the whole thing or I've just seen bits and parts. So well, you can watch it in an hour. So the whole season more. Yeah, or dude, less, it so. came out nice. and like I want to say fifty minutes after it came out, me and Frank had already seen it. It's <laughs> just like no. yeah, we went through every single episode. <laughs> like more, please. <laughs> season two, please inject it into my veins. Have you seen it, Rob? I have not. I haven't seen the um, Hobbit trilogy either. I've heard mixed thoughts about the Hobbit trilogy. Oh yeah, that they're controversial for enjoyment. But Smiley Friends is a completely different thing. It's, it's just a animated comedy made by YouTubers that is absolutely hilarious, and I hope gets all the success they could possibly get. Um, but uh, yeah, season two is on the way, as far as I know. 
Yeah. Young Peter Jackson saw this film and liked the beginning, but found the rest far too confusing and only went out to read the books to find out what the hell was going on. It wasn't until technology in Hollywood became so advanced with the likes of Jurassic Park. That T-Rex looks so fucking good. Yeah, it's aged incredibly well. Books to find out what the hell was going on. It wasn't Look at it. Until technology in Hollywood became so advanced with the likes of Jurassic Park and Star Wars that filmmaker Peter Jackson was actually given the means to adapt the books to live action in his homeland of New Zealand. Naturally, he wanted to produce one movie based on The Hobbit, but only two on Lord of the Rings, making a trilogy which would be shot simultaneously. However, the rights for The Hobbit was split between two studios and Jackson wasn't able to adapt it, meaning that he would have to do The Lord of the Rings first, which led to the trilogy that revived the fantasy genre as we know it. Three movies shot back to back that shattered records brought nerds together and completely took the world by storm. The story of Sauron who uses the fire of Mordor to forge an evil ring that rules all the other rings destroying all peace on the fantasy world of Middle-earth and in turn bringing on the apocalypse. It ends up in the hands of a man named Smeagol played by Andy Serkis who gets corrupted by the ring's evil powers for many centuries turning him into an insane CGI creature named Gollum. However you turned him into a CGI creature. <laughs> oh god, an insane <laughs> CGI creature. Yeah, he's nuts. And they're like, god damn, look at that insane CGI creature over there. Who'd you it's rather a... be, Jar Jar Binks or Gollum? Uh, Jar Jar. I'd probably Gollum. rather be Jar Jar. I'd probably rather be Jar Jar. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wouldn't it... want to ever be Gollum. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. But you would kind of want to be Jar Jar. <laughs> I would kind of. Yeah, Jar Jar is. Uh, he got well, to be a senator. A... He did. He yeah, put one of the most powerful people in power in the history yeah, of Star Wars. One of the most important people who ever lived in the Star Wars universe. That's yeah. true. In, they should write like, books about him. Terrible gremlin monster with a magical addiction oh, to so ring. He lived in Star Wars world, which means he can play video games and stuff. Like that's technology. So also, well, as far as I know, he's time. currently homeless on the street. Right, that's the story they wrote him after in the sequel era. That's what he's doing. He's 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 like well, begging for change. Homeless. On the streets I'd of Naboo. I'd still rather be homeless. I'd still rather be homeless on the streets of Naboo than be Gollum. And though. homeless <laughs> on the streets of uh, Gondor. Mordor. Because every day is Gollum. <laughs> Mordor, you're homeless yeah. on the streets. So I mean, yeah, more or less. <laughs> but when you're Gollum, that is your wonderful warm home. That's home to him. I guess so. Yeah. Everything I, I is guess, right. <laughs> I guess you're homeless on the streets enough to where you just say the streets are, you know, home. God, that's such a. I just every time we talk about it, I want that movie where someone seeks out Jojo, has nothing but respect for him, was inspired by him in like the prequel era, and grew up to like find him and has to encourage him to get or, back or into what, politics. Maybe you know? he's um well, because uh, what's that character in uh in Game of Thrones, the guy who pretends to be like this sort of bumbling old man, but he's actually really oh, clever. Pycelle. What's that guy's name? Yeah, someone like uh, things. Jojo Wasn't he in is, Rebel is Moon? Pycelle. No, that's that's someone else. Uh, okay, because you already know who I'm. Murdoch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, Murdoch. Murdoch was in uh, Rebel Moon. He was. Which. And then Francis killed him. He had a really big fake beard. It was annoying because everybody who had it big beards in that film fake. were very fake. Yeah. It looked yeah. totally fake. He had like this. He had a very young sort of face, but he had this fluffy, clearly fake beard all mm -hmm. around him. And, then, uh, and maybe his and hair then, was like, fake too. I don't know. The bad guy at the end of the film was like a guy who looked like he was no older than thirty, but yeah. he would make up make him look older with a big beard, and that looks really silly too. Rebel Moon is not good. <laughs> Just so everyone is aware, because I feel like it's mm -hmm. a, a mystery right now. People are like, "You're gonna cover it?" Yes, but not right now. Not for Christmas. We want to taint Christmas no, with Rebel right. Moon.
Save it for New Year. Yeah, New Year can get pooped. Yeah, right. New Year off with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> but Gollum then loses the ring when a small hobbit named Bilbo Baggins, played by Ian Holm, finds it. The ring starts to also corrupt Bilbo, oh, no. but his wizard friend, <laughs> played by Sir Ian McKellen, talks him into letting it go before discovering the ring's origin and its true powers. It is then up to Bilbo's nephew Frodo, played by Elijah Wood, and his best friend Sam, played by Sean Astin, to travel to Mordor and destroy the ring the only way possible, where it was created in the fires of Mount Doom. Oh my when God. adapting oh, from the novels, that? Peter Jackson... That's incredible what special that? effects. What was that? That was me what? trying to be artsy with a transition. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't think it worked. I understand the connection. Yeah. He <laughs> naturally had to make some changes. He wanted Middle-earth to all look as accurate to the book's descriptions as possible, almost treating it like a real historical place. But he also needed to cut things out. The first book is 423 pages long, the second 352, and the third 416. But all three movies are three hours long or over, and also were given an extended cut, nearing four hours apiece. Jackson didn't only cut things out of the book, but he added things in to help with pacing, character development, and to just add to the overall viewing experience. But this didn't sit well with everyone, mainly J.R.R. Tolkien's own son, Christopher, who was 77 years old by the time the first movie was released. He felt like the films just didn't do the books justice, describing uh, them by saying, they gutted the books, making action films for 15 to 25 year olds. Yeah, what a loser. Unfortunately, and this is a, Gary thinks it's probably the case as well, J.R.R. Tolkien probably wouldn't have liked the films. Which is, uh, you know, it's just one of them realities, I think, especially with the change of medium. And I guess uh, I wouldn't even have thought to describe the movies as very actiony, but I guess I mean, there's a lot of there not was, action there was in it. Action yeah. at parts, but I mean, very yeah, specific action parts, parts of the film. That's, that's a good way to like, describe it, though. There's action the in parts. Yeah. Yeah. The majority of the film is not action. The majority of the film is adventure, Bottom conversation, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. chatting. Oh, mm. mm -hmm. but I mean, okay, you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion. That's all right. Well, I wonder, I wonder what he, um, what uh, J.R.R. Tolkien would have, uh, what he thought of the animated okay. one. Mm. Uh, well, well, wait, would he have? He died in the seventies. What? When did? Uh, hold on. When did? When did Tolkien? Oh yeah, I guess I thought. Um, well, I mean, he, I want to know what he would have thought of the. Sorry. I want to know what he would have thought of Lord of Ring Gollum. Yeah. We, uh, we, I would, well, that, he died I mean, in course, 73, really, yeah, so... The interesting thing would be, what would he think of Rings of Power? Would that maybe Oof. make him go, oh, you know, okay. of the Rings... That's okay, the question, then. Yeah, if you could died. get his, like, complete opinion on any one of these things, we would push a sub for Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, right? Or, yes. or would you want to yes, avoid yes, it yes. just because it would no, be no, no, no. painful? There's there <laughs> nothing that he like could it. say that would ruin the yeah. quality or how much I enjoy those movies. If he didn't like it, that would be like, oh, oh well. But, like, I, I still love those films, and yeah. I care more to hear what he would think about those films than I... Because, again, Rings of Power is this clown show that I yeah, really, 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 really don't associate I was actually going to say, I like... I really don't associate it with Lord of the Rings. If we only had one thing to show him, it would almost be mean to be like, yeah, look at Rings of Power. It's like, nah, we should probably not waste it. Like, just by showing him someone peeing on no. his work. Yeah, like I, I, like I said, I most of the time heavily disassociate Rings of Power from uh, Lord of the Rings. It's very easy to completely, yeah, have the two be. Well, it's this. There's a simultaneous thing that happens, as evidenced by that recent eight-hour, uh, yeah, movies. It's that nobody here thinks Rings of Power 
happened and then Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings happens, like in terms of events of that world. However, no. whenever Galadriel comes on screen, it is kind of like, uh, uh, <laughs> there's yeah. the Got real Galadriel, not the fake one. And then, you know, Mordor and how it's uh, constructed. Well, it's kind that... of like how when you watch uh, when you watch the OT, you might get flashes, like yeah. you know, you know, like the flashes that Frodo gets of like of of, uh, of um, Sauron Sarah. looking at him. You <laughs> yeah. know, his flashes is kind of like when you're watching the OT, you get flashes of the Last Jedi and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just flashing in like, oh shit, <laughs> damn it, kind of damn it's, you. It's a... One could describe it as damage or a curse, but ultimately we'd never want to admit that anything has happened to the precious Lord of the Rings films and that really they, they haven't. I think, you know, as time goes on, the more and more Rings of Power becomes a memory and then fades into legend and then into myth until it's completely forgotten by everybody, right? That's the meme. I, I just what, uh, uh, what I am really curious about is whether or not it actually gets to complete its run. I was thinking about this the other day with... Uh, I would be surprised if Halo gets a third season. I think I would be surprised if that happens. Yeah. Um, because you can't be Halo now, especially when there are actually like good video game adaptations coming out. Um, you can't. That's not good enough. And kind of in the same vein, like Lord of the, you know, Rings of Power is like so bad, and nobody like that film didn't garner much. Uh, uh, appreciation from anybody at all. Like, there really aren't people who are passionately oh yeah, I love Rings of Power. And if you don't have people who are like passionately in favor of it, but people are like, no, it's better than those losers are saying, but then they never rewatch it and never talk about it ever again. That's not good enough. Mm. Uh, that's not gonna that's not gonna be enough to carry you for multiple seasons. So I do wonder if they're gonna well, get the, the five seasons that they want. <clears throat> if it takes them two years per season, they are going for the full five. Gary was saying like three fucking sixty-five when season five comes out. It's gonna be insane. Like oh, if, uh, yeah, if they if actually did them every three years. Yeah, and well, that yeah. makes it harder too because Wow, I mean that's a long time to wait for well, I say a long time to wait as if everybody's eagerly anticipating it. A long time to wait for a second season. It would be Whereas, fucking uh, insane it... for them to pull out all five. Like they just commit. That would be so Especially when the first season cost what, five hundred million dollars? A rings of power? Oh, a shit ton. I Something so. absurd, yeah. That's, yeah. It's yeah, it is I think it's the most expensive season of TV. It's most exp- Yes, it is. More expensive than uh then, uh, then good old uh, House of the Dragon, more expensive than The Last of Us, more expensive than Halo. <laughs> more expensive than a lot of <laughs> Remember things. Remember Halo? Ooh, no, you don't. Yeah, season, season it's two. It's coming back, boys. It's coming back. Well, I'm getting, well, I'm getting out of this is that I shouldn't watch Rings of Power. Or Halo. No, no, <laughs> no, or Halo. no, 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 don't. Just play the game. Avoid. Just, yeah, okay. Just... He would even later sue the studio New Line Cinema for the Tolkien estate receiving no money from the movies whatsoever. Though it was later settled out of court and he pursued no further action towards the Hobbit films. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he protected Lord of the Rings from the eventual Amazon adaptation for Rings of Power and stuff. So even if he didn't like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, he was a good little shield for Lord of the Rings not getting adapted (laughs) further into the horrors of mediocrity. I suppose in a way... Even though he's wrong about Lord of the Rings, uh, that <laughs> did essentially create, yeah, that buffer between that right and terrible. It is, it is kind of nice that they're sealed within, like, there's, there's a, like you just said, a buffer of many years between, uh, you know, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings and anything else. I say that as though the OT doesn't have that with the sequels, like, it's a huge amount of time, but 
I don't know. It just feels like they are safe in their little era of the early 2000s. Honestly, although I've only read Fellowship and wasn't too keen on it, I think the movies do a great job bringing this world to the big screen. You can tell the sheer amount of effort and research Jackson put into this. The film opens on the Shire, home of the Hobbits, and he has brought this world to life flawlessly. It looks great and captures the fantasy feel so perfectly. You almost wish you could just walk around the Shire and meet all the Hobbits. Well... Well, I guess you can't meet the hobbits, but you can walk around the Shire. If you <laughs> yeah, are. you can. Yeah, Hobbiton. Yeah. Which, uh, if I go to New Zealand, which will hopefully happen at some point, I definitely, definitely want to go to is, um, the Shire. Is Gandalf inspired by something else, or is he the quintessential core like base plate wizard that is like? Is Merlin? Merlin feels like a different I'm, kind. There's been a number of different iterations of Merlin over time, so. It's just that, you know, the look of Gandalf, he just captures completely my understanding of wizard, even though it's, like, not necessarily, you could have all kinds of wizards, but, um, man, even, you know, the beard, the hat, the staff, the, uh, the cloak sort of thing, it's just, oh, it's beautiful. And, uh, that's part of the thing that Lord of the Rings gets credited, is just, like, redefining and inspiring basically everything fantasy from then on. Uh, Quite an achievement. From then on. But uh, obviously, there were a lot of like, like Smaug was uh, the the dragon in uh, Beowulf, right? So like, there was a lot of stuff that was pulling. Oh, the, from well, earlier. so that's the thing. It's uh, impossible for Tolkien not to have drawn from all the things that influenced him in his life, right? Like, it, it's just that that's going to be even less familiar to me. Jackson also uses perspective really well, having actors simply sitting behind each other to give off the illusion that one is bigger than the other. I'm a sucker for practical effects over CGI, and this just looks fantastic. Before you came along, we Bagginses were very well thought of. Indeed. Never had any adventures or did anything unexpected. Except that one time I got into numerous fights in the streets of London because West Ham might lose a football game. Look, most people yeah, don't well. even see Mean Streets, which... Wait, Green Street? Is that what this is? What's Green the, Street, yeah. Green the one. Street, yeah. I saw it once. This is, uh, this is the faculty. These football hooligans fucking around and beating each other up. It's great. When you think football hooligan, you think Frodo Baggins. Oh, of course. Well, it's he funny, right? Hooligan. Um, Frodo, well, Elijah Wood did, um, what was it, uh, Sin City, I think, soon after this, Lord of the Rings, yeah. where he yeah. plays, like, a cannibal, serial-killing monster creature, it's like, eh, yeah. it's a bit different. <laughs> it's, not, it's a little bit different from Frodo, yeah. That was a weird time. You even like football now? Yeah, I do, actually. We nearly won the Euro. Don't care. I also have to credit- Wait, you developed Dang. a love for football in the past- Five years or something? Um, is, is that independent of your Lord of the Rings adventure? <laughs> or? It's a vital part of my character growth. I don't even watch football that much anymore, so I think I've gone back. Oh no. That was a problem. <laughs> you dipped but, your yeah, toe in the was... land of non-nerd, and uh, well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. These movies for their casting. They have some of the most perfectly casted characters I have ever seen. Ah, somebody ordered a death scene. Ian Holm just comes across as such a friendly figure who you could almost imagine being your own fun uncle, who I actually find myself relating to quite a bit. We don't want any more visitors, well-wishers, or distant relations. I've got to get away from these confounded relatives hanging on the bell all day, never giving me a moment's peace. Am I Bilbo Baggins? Oh, so we're still socially inept in the future. Yeah, that never changes. Cool. Oh, the finest weed in the South Park. Damn, Bilbo yeah, Baggins is a pothead. Gives these movies a whole there's new a, There's a scene in the extended cut where they reference him being an alcoholic as well. So I'm even more relating to... Uh, oh, well, 
I mean, Gandalf is too, right? He's just uh, smoking so much weed has slowed his mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Starman tells him that. It happens, yeah. Doesn't you couldn't have you know a more flattering shot, by the way. When the incarnated Bilbo comes across in the beginning, it makes his sudden change that more shocking and effective. Oh my god. <laughs> is this the extended oh, this version? This is the extended, yeah, this Theatrical. is the extended version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least Gandalf's enjoying it. But when the ring starts to take over and Bilbo becomes more and more psychotic over it... Sorry, sorry. Just the effects of working with Ridley Scott. It's such a change from his previous oh demeanor. Wow, taking Dang. a shot to Ridley the Scottster. What's, uh, wow, the what's big up there? Ridley. Did you have a big yeah. blowout with Ridley Scott personally or something? Is that what's, what's yeah, that? Yeah, you used to be on really good terms with him. What happened? Yeah. Um, he slept with my wife. Damn it. Dang. <laughs> this before I think that was after the Napoleon. Of the wow. And he said, yeah. I don't know if Napoleon actually fired cannons at the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, they're it's called goes, cinematic language. You wouldn't understand. It it means cinematic language is lying about history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really sells just how dangerous this ring actually is, but it doesn't really sit well with his buddy Gandalf. Do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. But that's a cheap trick right there. Making things go dark. So you know what? Gandalf's a hypocrite. I it's am cheap. Not... I don't know, actually. It might be an expensive does one. Does he get know? mana from smoking weed, or does that take mana? Uh, I think he's just no, a. Was, I think he's just a pothead. Or is I'm it irrelevant sure. of mana? I guess, yeah. Maybe. Dumbledore. Gandalf is another character who goes through a similar change. At the beginning, he's this welcoming, warm, kind-hearted, and friendly character. You can sense that him and Frodo are close, but then once he researches the origins of the ring, he becomes a disheveled and neurotic mess. Again, selling the severity of the ring and its capabilities. People do mention the close-ups of this film, but this is really the only shot I think it just doesn't work in. I mean, I get it, you're supposed to feel uncomfortable because the danger is nearing, but it just seems out of place for the rest of the scene. I just um... So uh, what I really liked mm. about that close-up was that we remember him like that, where he's pretty held together, pretty normal, and even warmly says, you know, keep it secret, keep it safe, and everything seems chill. Then the next we see him, the camera tightens up on him just exactly the same, but he's panicked, his hair's all over the place, he's like sweating, and he's like, is it secret? Is it safe? Like, uh, to show you, that obviously, what he's learned has turned him from that into that, which, uh, yeah, I thought worked. Yeah, that's fair, to be fair. I just wanted to come in and try and get a, a bit of a close-up. I mean, you had one and Frodo had one and I've been in nothing but group shots so far, so... No, no, you know. no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't help but know... Uh... <laughs> it is just how... The blast making it. Yeah. ...long Frodo takes to check out his uncle's house. So Bilbo vanishes from the party, he then goes home, Gandalf is already there somehow, they have a whole conversation about the ring, he hands it over, they say the goodbyes, then Gandalf sits around for a while contemplating why Richard Harris hated him so much, and then Frodo decides to check out the house. Oh, did Richard Harris hate him? Did he? Yeah, there was a part where um, I think he was considered for the part of uh, Dumbledore. He turned it down because he was doing Gandalf. Richard Harris got cast, and then Ian McKellen said something about it. I don't know. I think he... This was written a while ago. I'm now fact-checking. <laughs> That's all right. I was just uh, curious because yeah, yeah, I didn't know about it. I mean, was he just walking around the woods aimlessly thinking, where could my Uncle Bilbo be? Um, I mean, I guess, I don't know, if someone just disappears, <laughs> I guess it's like, you should track their house. It's like, I think they're also just blown uh, away by the fact I... that he disappeared in front of them, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he 
went missing. It's more so they watched him boof out of thin air. So I don't oh, know that it's... He's in, definitely boofing out of thin air. I don't you know, know if it's... You in, know Bilbo. Intuitive that he went to his house, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, well, he's not here. Well, he's not here. Maybe I should check out his house. He was probably busy bumming Sam. True. Dang. What is your problem with gay people? <laughs> I mean, you realise in a few years that you like cock too. Oh. Weirdly, oh my, oh my god, development as well. development. <laughs> Yeah. The evolution. Yeah, I came, I came out as bisexual like a couple years after the review, and I was like, oh shit, maybe I was it compensating. Was because of, it was because of Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, Rings awoke you. Yeah. Lord of the Rings with my sexual awakening. In the book, Gandalf thanks, gives thanks, Frodo Tolkien. the ring to hide, and then goes off to research where it came from, and he's gone for 17 years. In the movie, it's cut down, and no passage of time is actually given, but it is paced really well, and you can sense the impending danger as Gandalf begins to panic. Cannot stay in the Shire. No! I never been to Earth, Dad. I never even slept over some other dude's house. Oh God, is that little Nicky? That is little Nicky. Damn, I'm actually genuinely curious. First of all, Fringy and Rags, do you know what little Nicky is? I know no, I... of it, but I don't. I've never seen it. God, that feels like a movie that nobody would have seen. <laughs> but maybe I don't know. There's gonna be like five people in chat, like, yeah, of course I've seen little Nicky. Yeah. The Adam Sandler film. I yeah. liked it, but a lot of people don't. It's fair enough. I can get why people don't like it. Oh, I can barely remember it, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, isn't it? Is he? He's in hell, and he has to go to Earth to do something. Yeah, his his dad is Harvey Keitel, who's Satan. His mum is Reese Witherspoon, who's an angel. And then his brothers. And he's um, hit in the face with a shovel, so he can't talk properly, or something. <laughs> Yeah, and then he has to go to Earth to bring his brothers back, um, and then he marries Patricia Arquette. Yeah, as you do. Well, people in the chat seem to know Little Nicky, so there we go. People there got the go. reference. Yeah. Frodo's cousins Merry and Pippin are hilarious, and I actually quote them far too often. What about second breakfast? And Gandalf acts like their disappointed father, always being made to clean up their mess, forcing them to do chores. In the book, Pippin throws a pebble down a well, which gives away their whereabouts, but in the movie, he accidentally knocks down an entire damn skeleton. But I think it's so much funnier this way. I'll never get tired of Pippin being a screw-up, and at least here it was actually That's accidental. I'm very glad that in the extended cut of Fellowship, there's more scenes of Gandalf bullying Pippin. <laughs> that was my favourite addition. But yes, more of this. Yes, uh, the, the Gandalf Pippin shit is just fun. The, the little journey they go on together. And then that culminating there, yeah. in one of the best scenes in uh, in the entire trilogy between those two in Minas Tirith. Yeah, and there's smaller bits as well, right? Like when Pippin gets terrified of the um, Minas Morgul fucking laser that Gandalf comforts him. Like, as much as he finds him to be an annoying idiot, he's like, nah, you're cool. <laughs> like, you, you're, yeah, you're still Well, it's, uh, well he really likes hobbits. He really likes them. They're good lads. A fool, but an honest fool he remains. Mm -hmm. And say nothing about Agon either. In fact, it's better if you don't speak at all about him too. He can't even help but take <laughs> yeah. a look at the evil crystal ball, which leads Sauron to believe he has the ring. He can't do anything right. All he had to do was not touch the damn ball. Not that one. But despite starting out as the comic relief, Merry and Pippin go through a huge transformation. They risk their lives to distract some orcs so Frodo can get away with the ring. Pippin literally sacrifices See, himself is... to save his friend. Hmm? Like, this, this is what... You know, like, the, the notion of comic relief characters and... 
how yeah. you can go wrong where the comic relief character is almost like in the universe in which they reside. It's like the universe itself recognizes, ah, you are not the main character. You are the comic relief character. You have no character, really, beyond saying things that are funny. Meanwhile, you look at Lord of the Rings as like a good example of how to have characters who are funny, but are still active participants in the story and go on arcs. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah and you have characters who do funny things because of their personalities or their traits, but their personality isn't just summed up as you're like you're you are the meta funny comedy guy. relief character. Yeah. And that uh, they the world affects them no differently. Like they're not protected because they're the comedy ones, so that they can't they can't oh, get in any serious trouble. It's it's not like they are devoid of the capacity to be involved in dramatic moments because they are the funny people. If you remember as well, I you think know, when Frodo gets like speared or whatever in Moria, they're the first two to like it, it all quietens down, right? And it gets really serious, and then they jump on the back of the troll. The fucking. The two comedy ones. Well, they're uh, they're pretty. Uh, they they charge into battle. I mean, they're the they're the first ones to charge at the battle at the Black Gate as well. After, well, ain't it uh, ain't it perfect that their separate journeys lead them to becoming like full on members of uh, you know Rohan and Gondor separately? Yeah, and it's cool how those story. Yeah, exactly. When they've been together for their whole lives, more or less, and then they get split apart and both go on these crazy adventures that lead them to being the first people after Aragorn to charge. At yeah. the uh, at the Black Gate, so much so that everybody behind him was like, "Well, shit! Now we gotta go." <laughs> we should probably run yeah. into battle, then we gotta go too. Faramir from being burned alive. Despite his concerns, Gandalf challenges Pippin and gives him these tasks, and he does have heroic right. moments to prove himself. They show that anybody yeah. can become a hero in this franchise, even the most unlikely of hobbits. After Pippin is suspected of having the ring, he has to be relocated for his own safety, and it's a decent little side quest, and it is really emotional to see him and Merry being separated after all this time. And when they do reunite, it is equally as emotional. It's awesome to see Gandalf kick ass, and Pippin is even in there to get his own kill as well. It's a great transition from useless comic relief to underdog hero. Saruman, played by Christopher Lee, starts out as Gandalf's friend, but this doesn't last particularly long, which is quite interesting. Saruman is hardly in the first book, and even then he was only mentioned during Gandalf's backstory. But he's fleshed out here, and it's a unique touch as he suddenly switches and becomes evil, believing that the fight against Sauron is meaningless as they can't possibly win, so he decides to just join the dark side instead. It's unusual for a character change to happen as soon as they're introduced, especially when it's only 45 minutes into the movie, but I'm all for it. There's a lot of story to cover, and it doesn't dent the pacing one bit. Yeah, villain who turned evil I for agree. no reason. Did you have the film on mute? <laughs> I like this Man. format, this time travel this, format. This, uh... you've, 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 you've been able to weave time travel as a mechanic into the video really well. <laughs> Thank the you. old character with the new one is fun. And um, yeah, because I'm trying to remember now, like that was an issue you took with, with it in the first video. But now I'm starting to realize like you were reviewing the theatrical versions. Did we know that when we covered your video? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember because that was three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, of course, like I can't even remember what Saruman scenes are in the theatrical fully because I assume that a lot of them I don't even know anymore. <laughs> it's just too difficult to remember.
Him and Gandalf then come to blows, and it's actually pretty cool. Though it reminds me of yeah. the ending of oh, Sword in the Stone. Though the spinning scene has always looked silly to me, and I just struggle to take this seriously. <laughs> Honestly, these characters are all so strong. It's it's fair. Everyone everyone laughs at the spinning. It is a little goofy, but you know, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when Frodo's uh, got Smeagol on him, and he's invisible. So and well written. Frodo is focused on the journey and doesn't want to let anyone down. He's the only one actually taking this journey seriously. Hell, the idiots actually light a damn campfire. You're supposed to be discreet. May as well write, we are here in fireworks above the mountain. I'm surrounded by idiots. Sam is just hell-bent on protecting Frodo and making sure he succeeds, stopping him whenever he's about to put the ring on. Mary and Pippin tag along on the journey, but they don't know about the ring yet, so they're showering the parody of that scene in, uh, you remember the, in the South Park episode when they needed to go back to the, the, like, blockbuster? And then they were being chased by the sixth graders, and so, like, Cartman and Kenny, like, Stan and Carl were hiding beneath the tree, and the sixth grader was, like, the Nazgul leaning over, looking for them. I was saying, but we, we were checking out the parody in uh, the French Soldiers one, I was like, do you remember when we used to have parodies of good things? Like, yeah, and that the parodies was really, themselves really were good, too. And the parodies the were parodies good. Well, but, were good and inventive and creative. Well, you know, I've said before that, like, parodying some stuff is getting difficult. Like, parodying... You know, um, I saw people saying, like, you know, with the whole Twitch black bars thing that's been happening, I saw someone say, like, they, uh, South Park really need to make fun of this. And it's like, well, they kind of did without even realizing it with the whole Randy and OnlyFans thing. That kind of covers it. It's like, yeah, it's just that it's going so fast and everything's so retarded it's that it's like so fast and it's getting crazy. It's difficult um, to, to parody real life because it's it's already hard to believe. When compared to before, yeah, parodies of things that they that the creators really liked, you know, because yeah. I was pointing out Blue Harvest, that's another example yeah. of Yeah, I mean they're making fun of Star Wars, but they love Star Wars, clearly. But like yeah. who's gonna do a Blue Harvest parody for like the Force Awakens, you know, yeah, when, that's never going to exist. There's an element of you should understand what it is that you are parodying when you parody it. Because if you don't understand what it is that you're trying to parody, then you miss a lot of the marks on what you should say about it. Or, um, you know, a lot of the details and info and, you know, things that I guess what fan might take, uh, take umbrage with. Or just like fun memes and stuff. Like, you know, Gandalf mm -hmm. spinning around or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms instead actually makes sense. But as the films progress, you really do sense their hearts of gold and true loyalty. They find out about the ring and agree to help without question. The tension is great in this, and since we're quite early into this adventure, so we know that Frodo is unlike. It, it really is like a trait that's uh, almost overlooked the fact that they never like shy away from any of the responsibilities that they provided, Merry and Pippin. They both yeah. go for it. Mm -hmm likely to die due to his connection with Bilbo in the ring, but the other three haven't been shown that much. It's really good suspense as any of the others could possibly be killed off. That fellow's done nothing but stare at you since we arrived. Calm down, Sam. You can't even see the dude's eyes, you paranoid schizo. The first time Frodo wears the ring is such an iconic moment. It introduces the character of Aragorn, played by Viggo Mortensen, and is such a powerful moment anyway. We see the powers of the ring, we see how dangerous it can be if it's worn, and the reaction of those around him. Although... They don't react when he reappears, which is a bit weird. The Nazgul look terrifying and have a really intimidating presence, but they seem to have no patience and are just incredibly lazy. So we get the fake out where they're about to kill the Hobbit. Wait, incredibly lazy? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a sec. Oh, okay. It's, but they've switched <laughs> beds. Aragorn then tells their story to the others whilst watching them from a window, and because they spent 20 seconds looking for them, they just give up and go on home. Well, we tried. Who's on for a Netflix marathon? I've actually, I've made jokes about that in our coverage about, like, as much as they were in the wrong room, it's like, is that not really bad news that they could come to ours eventually and aragorn doesn't seem to be bothered by it he's like well i guess that's yeah, why he's on the lookout and watching still you would want to leave right i'd be in a different Maybe. building you know? not the room um, i'm like oh shit come yeah like if the dad's cool just like all right bob you go that way i'll go this way you go that way we'll just search the place <laughs> in general of course, one of them is called bob of course. <laughs> eventually knock on the door They're like hello and aragorn's like no we're not in here <laughs> This is a different place. Yeah, I can I can hear the, the ring race knock on the door. Housekeeping. <laughs> there it is. Tom, the musical score is fantastic. Howard Shaw did a terrific job, and he builds the suspense and drama really well. The cinematography is astounding. You can easily see the influence yes. this film had on cinema for the years that followed. This entire design of Isengard is spectacular. Never stop being impressed by the miniatures and the... The big itches yeah, and the, awesome. the way it's all shot. And then, of course, the music, like you just said, binding it all together as well. Yeah. And clearly influenced Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Hellmouth just a few years later. That's oh, look at me, I've got true. crane shots. Oh, look at the pretty images. Oh, Peter, should we maybe write a script? No, 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 pretty images. What's the fucking movie? The character of Arwen is so badass. She gets introduced quite quickly, but her and Aragorn have been a couple for a while, so there's no need to waste any time initiating the relationship. Frodo is also dying at this point, so time is a major factor. But man, she takes out the entire Nazgul like Quentin Tarantino takes out anyone who dislikes his movies. It is a very sad scene as she believes mm. that Frodo is dead and his destiny is Ooh, over. That's a reference so that I don't get. Uh, there's a couple of very famous interview clips where people are... Uh, Critical yeah. of Quentin Tarantino, and he um he has funny He's responses. None of it. Okay. Yeah. Is I forget the what's the one that he was like. Oh, I, I remember there was one where he said, "I reject your question," uh, yeah. which I, I really liked as a response. The idea of like, no, I I refuse your question. Like everything. Yeah, did about he the premise? That's what I was trying to remember the question of it. It could have been something like like why like what do you think about the influence of your films on culture or something like that. Like it was, it was. A lot of them are related to like violence, you know, like oh. Yeah, I was about to know, say this actually violent. starting to kind of ring a bell. Well, because well, yeah, there's the the very famous one is like the or... the woman who's like, "Why do you have so much violence in your movies?" And he's like, "Because it's, it's so, so much awesome, fun," <laughs> which is true. <laughs> it is fun. It means everything. The friendship between Sam and Frodo is built really well in the first film, and you can sense their closeness. In The Two Towers, Sam's loyalty to Frodo is evident from the very beginning. After travelling for so long, he's just past caring about anything else and turns into a savage. It is quite funny. Let's just tie him up and leave him! The second movie consists of Sam, Frodo and Gollum travelling together as friction continues to rise. Sam isn't sure they can trust him, which challenges his friendship with Frodo, but shows his loyalty towards him as he's constantly trying to protect him. Sam and Frodo are clearly gay lovers. Look! Look at how they look at each other. You're clearly hiding something. You see sex in almost every scene. Gollum himself is also such oh, a- How can you not think of sex when you see I... Gollum? I mean... <laughs> I, had to cut the... I had to cut that joke down. Um, I'll address the elephant in the room. In the original review, obviously, I have a gay scene at the end. Right. Um, and yes, and I believe you guys uh, made fun of the other actor in that scene and said he looked a bit creepy. Uh, he got arrested earlier this year. Um, huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my you goodness. guys called it. 
I should well, have listened. <laughs> damn. Uh, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, he got arrested for grooming and uh, yeah, doing um, um, strange things with a minor. But anyway, oh, when yeah. I made this review, uh, basically I had that line, um, and I actually say, uh, "Have you ever had a, a male best friend or something?" And then my past self had like a thought bubble appear, and it was going to be the gay sex scene. Oh. Uh, and then my, my, then my past self was going to be like, "Yeah, but he was gay or something." Uh, and at this point, I was like editing him out of any content I had him in. Yeah, it makes so sense. Like, let's let's just remove that. But yeah, I got you. An interesting character, and the effects look great. But I think what makes these three in the movie work so well is that overall, they're hardly in it. So when they do appear, you appreciate their scenes a whole lot more. It makes sense why Frodo was somewhat sympathetic towards Smeagol because he knew what the ring was doing to his own uncle, and he feels like he now has a second chance to save someone else from its power. Sam even gives this great speech about how nothing will ever be the same again after all of this. These Sam's full of great speeches, full of great lines. He's uh, mm. uh, not to pick as a favorite. Who is your favorite character if you have one, uh, Rob? Ironically, it's now Frodo. Mm, fair enough. It's all right. Our, when um, I insulted him in the first review, I'm like, does he even have a character now? No, it's probably Frodo, but Sam's a close second. I like Sam as well. Who would yeah. be your third? Oh, uh, I like Gandalf. I'll put Gandalf in there. Gandalf's pretty cool. Yeah, Gandalf's pretty awesome. <laughs> so Chaz and Chad are gone. Uh, another good choice. He's a tight thing. Is it's not really bad choices. <laughs> There's a lot of people who hate Frodo. That's okay. They can be wrong. Any hobbits from such a small area, and they had no idea what they were getting involved in. And they go on to have a journey to save the world. It's incredible. Sam even gives Frodo his last bit of food. He is such a loyal friend, and they even acknowledge that there probably won't be a return trip. They're just there to save the world and possibly die doing it. Sam tries to convince Frodo that Gollum is evil, but he just doesn't listen. And this conflict wasn't actually in the book. It was added to cause a breakdown of their friendship and it works really well. You feel so sorry for Sam and root for him to keep fighting. Now, as great as these films are, there are some really bad lines. <laughs> and I get it to a degree. It's how people Why, spoke right, back in the day. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Oh, go. Be nice, guys. Be nice. <laughs> But sometimes they just don't sound genuine or natural at all, and no one else speaks like it. It's just randomly in the middle of a scene, and it doesn't quite work. You don't see it, do you? He's a villain. Very nasty place. Wait, what's wrong with the he's a villain line? What's wrong? He's a villain. Because it, it's very literal. Like, you're, well, he's you're literally, literally a villain. <laughs> I mean, it's just stating the obvious, isn't it? I don't think. Well, he's trying to convince. No, he's trying to convince Frodo that it's the case. Because Frodo doesn't um, see it, and Sam does, because Sam's a boss. Fair enough, fair enough. As far as I'm like, aware, though, like, under, it's, it's beyond, like, just referring... It's not like Sam is being meta. Like, he's... No, yeah, he is. Uh, I he think is that might have been the... word the, uh, to emphasize that he is... He is, like, an antagonistic force here right now. Like, he's gonna betray you. And he is he's gonna... We're trying to save though. the world, and he is, he is, like, vile. He is... He's evil. Yeah, he's like, corrupted. Uh, the equivalent, if if like you know, if if Rags was hanging out with a, a near duel, I would be like, he's an asshole. But if you rewind me by enough time, I might say Why he's a villain. Why would you tell him that? No, I tell you that. Oh, about them. Oh, okay. I'd be like, Rags, look thank out! You, he's an much. asshole. Thanks. I was, thank and then you'd be like, How do you know? And I'd be like, He's fucking. Look at him. <laughs> it's, <laughs> isn't it obvious? 
<laughs> Look at him with his fucking shades and his goofy Christmas sweater. So, um, yeah, uh, I the, the the reason I thought that you would have taken issue with it is because it sounds so like overt and like almost referencing Gollum's position like in the, the story itself. Yeah. When I think it's just that's where the word evolved from was being used as a description of a bad person. Well, one thing that's interesting too is that Sam multiple times throughout the trilogy references the stories. Um, not only of uh, that Bilbo was writing, but of just referencing what they're doing as a story that will be told and stories of heroism to keep them going. So even in that sense, there's actually a bit of a through line there that he would use that. At all, and no one else speaks like it. It's just randomly in the middle of a scene and it doesn't quite work. You don't see it, do you? He's a villain. Very nasty place. Full of enemies. There's so much... Wait, what's wrong with that one? What's wrong with that one? Uh, again, it's it's the literal line. Um, it's a bad place, full of bad very nasty people. place. Oh, because well, what I like about it a lot is that you got one angle which is full of, and he looks at Sam, being that Sam is his primary enemy because he's getting in the way of his goals. But then oh, simultaneously, there's a a sort of pause for Gollum before he says enemies because he is their enemy. At this point, he's decided he's going to kill them both. And he's warning them about these people in this building that might harm them. When it's like, well, that's what I am. But that's you know whatever they don't know. Like I quite like it as a Gollum's thing. You, you can you can point. I didn't think of that. You sort of see Gollum's thought process. He's just like, yeah, watch out, guys. There's danger over there. And then sort of thinking to himself, like, huh, wouldn't want to be near danger. He's a villain. Very nasty place. Full of. There's so much suspense as Smeagol constantly messes with Sam. It looks like he's about to attack Frodo, but then he doesn't and just acts like a child trying to pin his parents against each other. Ah, this looks like the most dangerous and comfiest cliff to sleep on. Gollum is actually so <laughs> yeah, evil. He sabotages their final bits of food and frames. He used Sam's fatness against him. That's just... That's, That's cruel. That's Yes, it is. Name's Sam, and yeah. it's heartbreaking to see Frodo send his friend away. It's so sad and truly tests Sam's loyalty. And again, none of this was in the book. In the first movie, there's a flashback to Agent Smith in Mount Doom, but this has always annoyed me. Destroy it! No. Uh, you're not gonna stop him? He's, uh, he's kind of holding the ring. I've heard this criticism before, so we'll, we'll I assume we may have said this in the initial coverage, but Elrond stopping or taking the ring from Isildur would have dramatic political implications. And I know you're saying, like, it would be saving the world, but um, it's not going to work out is kind of the point. And I think Elrond's position as well is, like, this is a test for man, and they're failing, because the elves are uh, going to leave the land at some point, right? Like, th this is... This is their decision to make sort of thing, but it would also cause more than likely a war if he was to... If he were to actually attack Isildur, yeah, yeah. That, would, that would cause a lot of problems. Okay. I understand where it comes from, right? Because, yeah, no, I, like, yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's if if Elrond had grabbed him and fucking took the ring and threw it in, it's like, yeah, that would have solved the whole thing. It's just that uh, you have to kind of understand Elrond's point of view and everything they've been through how high stress it is, and then being like, you're going to do this, right? And then knowing that if he was to try and stop him, how everything could crumble apart. It's a matter of maybe he doesn't want to get the ring himself. Maybe he doesn't That's want to That's also... You know, similar how, like, Gandalf's like, I will not, I like, I refuse to touch it. Or Galadriel. Like, under any circumstances whatsoever. 
of just, yeah, I don't want to touch it, especially because if an elf gets the ring, it's like, oh shit, that could be like real dangerous. Yeah. The apocalypse is that. Tackle him and throw his ass into the volcano with it. Who cares? The fate of the world is at stake. He just lets him walk away. The motivations of the characters are all well paced. Boromir, played by Sean Bean, wants to attempt to use the ring for good, while the others believe that it's impossible, causing a debate. The main premise is about these races all coming together as one. Bit hypocritical though, the movie clearly portrays hobbits as the superior race. When do they mm. ever show that the hobbits are super- Did you watch the film? Boromir is a- I forgot that was one of your original points, was it? The yeah. Thing. Yeah, I think I even was it was it because they were resilient to the ring? Was that the idea or but, but the thing is is that look at how resilient Smeagol was to the ring. It took like five seconds. He's, the, he's possibly the least resilient in the entire uh trilogy. Also, uh, his, his cousin was also not super resilient either. They yeah. were both uh, fighting each other. I think in the original review I call the movies racist as well. They showed them. <laughs> as being black even though the main villain is like the whitest guy in the entire universe he's literally called saruman the white <laughs> yeah they are racist to white people i agree another character with a great arc he's constantly tempted by the ring and it always keeps you guessing on what side he's actually on i mean at first he wants the ring to use it for good so all of his scenes where he tries to take it from frodo you don't know if it's him genuinely wanting it for good or if the ring is manipulating his mind to steal it for evil it's actually very cleverly written in the extended cut however boromir's father denethor actually convinces him to try to steal the ring which i'm really not a fan of it just takes away what i found Oh no, this is like one of our favorite oh, scenes. No. <laughs> well, no, no, this is something I kind of disagree with now because it adds more to the character. So I, I think I go on to say it ruins the mystery, but I disagree with that. It kind of adds depth to it. The, uh, so in reference to the relationship between Boromir and the ring, this just <clears throat> sets him on the path toward it, right? Like all you said about yeah. whether or not the ring is manipulating him or whether or not he's just hell bent on getting it to use it as a weapon. Like I still think that's all present. What I love about the scene, of course, is giving us the dynamics of uh, Denethor, Faramir, and Boromir, and the pressures and what everything, all this means to all of them. I got real sad when I found out that this scene was only in the extended. Yeah, if um, you can believe cause it. Because in terms of ranking, like, the scenes that, uh, like, Saruman's death is the biggest mistake in terms of removing it. I'd say this one is second. Like, that this is the, Probably, the second yeah. most important scene that shouldn't have been cut. It's so important to see Boromir as this really, you know, strong leader that is respected and beloved and worked really hard to protect Osgiliath and works to try and defend his brother, too. All of those things are just gone in the theatrical. Yeah, and I think it contributes to people thinking that Boromir is just an asshole. Yeah. Which you don't... Which I don't even think you, need, you don't need this scene no. to <laughs> understand who Boromir is. But like, yeah, seeing Boromir just as like an archetypal hero figure in this scene, I think just helps. And also, this is a this is a Two Towers deleted scenes, and Two Towers is where we meet Faramir. So this is also bolstering yeah, Faramir's exactly. relationship and Denethor. And, that's how. Um, that's why this is the second worst like cut. That's how this seems uh, prompted, right? Is uh, Faramir's thinking about this? Like he's remi yep. remembering. he's in the it, yeah. cave yeah, with right. all his dudes. Right. He's thinking about the last time they met. And and plus, I just want uh, I want more Boromir scenes. You know, I want him in there. I saw, um, there was a video my recommended that said, uh, six minutes of Boromir just being a good man, or whatever, and I was like... <laughs> I had that in my recommended as well. Yeah, I saw that one. 
It's true. It's true. All of his scenes is true, except maybe one or two. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Pop. Boromir is a tragic character. Yeah. And yeah. if bad things happen to bad people, it's not tragedy. His whole character. But to fulfill Boromir's arc completely, he shows up to fight and redeem himself. But nobody is surprised that Sean Bean dies. But man, talk about taking death like a champion. How many times does he need to be shot to die? I love the character of Frodo. He's Three. just this little hobbit with no prospects or anything. But thanks to his uncle being a nosy little bastard, he has to clean up his mess and is now on a life-endangering journey that he... Hey, Bilbo just picked up a nice ring, okay? He's like, oh, hey, a nice ring. If you saw a ring like that, you'd pick it up too. I, I think I would, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, all of us would. We'd be like, oh, sweet, the one ring. The super interesting thing about Frodo, because it's in the Council of Elrond, it's, it's uh, th the reason why essentially everybody accepts him doing it is because he doesn't have any apparent ambitions for wanting the ring compared to anybody else, where obviously Boromir's got his uh, concerns about Gondor wanting to use the ring, and then you've got the conflict between the dwarves and the elves, and then you just have Frodo, just this innocent hobbit, saying, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, because like, there's probably an aspect of him that, like, even if he gets corrupted, it's like, whatever, he's a fucking hobbit. <laughs> like, we'll just kick him and take yeah, the ring. Like, I, I like to think that's a lot lower down than, oh, how inspiring that the, the, the little <laughs> hobbit wants yes. to take the, the ring. Because Gandalf's the expression on his face, it's beautiful, yeah, I love I've it. I've seen people say that that expression means that uh, Gandalf is, like, sad because... Uh, you know, he doesn't want Frodo to have it. But I, I think it's like a combination. That's why I love it so much as, a, as an expression. I think it's exceedingly complicated. I think that that's partly the, uh, he's, that he, he's got a long and difficult road ahead of him. Um, but also, well, I, I will do the best that I can to help him. Um, like, you know, bear the burden. Yeah, and it's, it's of course, of course he comes through. Because that's who he is, that guy, that hobbit. And hobbits yeah. in general, just having this sense of like, ah, uh, they get that, that chance yeah, to help uh, out and they take it. Gandalf, when he when he's talking to uh, Pippin, he, like when he when he tells him to light the beacons, he says, you know, this is another chance for the hobbits to, you know, your, the shy people to prove their great worth. He really likes hobbits. They're pretty neat. Yeah, they're good lads really isn't prepared for. He's just thrown into this, not really being comfortable with it at all. And here, Gimli wants to head through some mines, but Gandalf really doesn't want to. We assume beforehand that Gandalf is in charge, but he actually lets Frodo make the decision, solidifying him as the hero and the chosen one. It's an interesting change from the book. In the novel, Gandalf actually suggests they go through the mines, but the others don't like the idea. But they are then chased by wolves, so they have no choice but to go there. It's a solid change to make Frodo a lot more integral to the story. It's his decision that leads to the most heartbreaking moment of the entire film. Gandalf's death is truly uh, devastating. If you what what is the is the most heartbreaking Gandalf or Boromir? Well, I think it's. Oh, I think I mean, I, mean I, I don't mind anybody I picking Gandalf. I think it makes sense to pick no, Gandalf. I, it's just I, the yeah. I'm just I don't curious. Blame him, yeah. I'm I don't blame you. I think one thing that makes Boromir the toughest is you know to deal with is because you know he knows what he's done after he's done it, and there's that legitimate sorrow and you know sadness over him, and you the, you, you really 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 feel bad for him. The thing that always gets to me on top of basically everything else is Gandalf gets to. I say this is a very strange sentence. Gets to die <laughs> knowing. That they're escaping. That's the exit to Moria. They've made it. They're out. Meanwhile, Boromir oh, yeah, yeah. dies believing he failed yeah. to protect Merry and Pippin. 
Like watching also, them like, scream as they get you know, dragged away, it sucks. Also, having recently freaked the fuck out and tried to steal the ring from Frodo as well. That's what I mean. I uh, it hits me so much harder because of the fact he failed Frodo, failed the Fellowship, and then failed Merry and Pippin, and watches this army of evil take them away, and he just has to lie there with arrows in him. It sucks. Yep. And then you know and all that comes out. And comes scene. along and comforts him. Yeah. And then it's and then it's you know it's. And then, and then there's the fact that, you know, Gandalf lived. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, people that's not the same Boromir because Gandalf came back, which is fair. Well, the thing is, is that you said in this film, so, like, if you took it as just Fellowship and people didn't know that that uh, that Gandalf was coming back, like, if people yeah. didn't know that, know then I think... either, so... No, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I, think it's, I think it's still a fair point to point to this one, even though I believe it's, it's Boromir. Mm. Yeah, I agree, yeah. You hadn't read the books or had no knowledge of him returning. It's yeah, such see, a tragic right, yeah, moment. Exactly. Gandalf was Frodo's only guidance, his only authority figure, and now he's gone, and it's because of the direction Frodo told him to go, so he's going to blame himself. But because of their journey, yeah. they can't even stop to mourn and take in what just happened. They have no choice but to suck it up, get over it, and keep moving, making the heartbreak that much more tragic. Frodo struggles to come to terms with it, but is told that someone as small as him can effectively change the world. He's given a vision of what will happen if he fails, so it's a good thing there's no pressure. When Boromir persists and demands the ring from Frodo, he even becomes vulnerable straight after he fails. But because of this, Frodo no longer knows who he can trust, which adds to his destroyed confidence and psyche even more. Yeah, it's all it's all really well built. The um, Boromir doing that on top of everything Galadriel told him. He's just like, I can't be around any of you guys. Like, you're gonna yeah. fucking try to kill me. Which, uh, it would have been really interesting, uh, an angle to continue as a full fellowship and to see who would start falling first to the ring and its influence and stuff. Mm. Who would it, who would be next, do you think? Who do you think? You know, I just, I just don't, I, I think that Legolas and Gimli would be no less, you know, like, susceptible than the average person. I don't see why not, and it would just be, imagine that film where they're just gradually getting more and more interested in the ring and Frodo and being like, hey, how you doing? You alright? Yeah, maybe... Getting heavy, that huh? would be interesting, yeah. What if the two towers was the fellowship continuing together towards Mordor? Yeah. Another timeline. I'm really not a fan of Legolas, played by Orlando Bloom. Oh, no. I'm not particularly keen wow. on the actor anyways. He yeah. seems to only have one face. But the character... True. <laughs> so, you know we... what? After I did this, I watched all of the, the Pirates movies, and I have an issue with him in those as well. It's just it's, one face. Not I'm not a fan good. of Orlando Bloom. He's, uh, oh, he's and you should hard. watch our war movie arc. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we did a couple of movies in a row with him, but I went from being like, he's fine, to, uh-oh. <laughs> he might be terrible, yeah. actually. <laughs> like, I actually thought he was cast kind of well as Legolas because of that being an aspect, in the same way that Arnie yeah, is like, good as the, stoic, you know, yeah. a Turbinator. Like, it's, it, it functions, but um, would never yeah. praise Orlando Boom for his acting abilities. Though I will say, um, and Wolf pointed out in the in the rush through that we did, the expression Orlando Bloom has when Gandalf says it's a Balrog is quite effective, and it's a little bit different than his usual face. Like he looks pretty terrified. It's like, oh, good for you. There you go. Elf, and he is absolutely perfect at everything. I watched all three films as carefully as I could, and not once does he ever get hit with anything. He never slips, he never falls, he never gets knocked down, he hits every single arrow. He and has a little trouble on the Moomakil saddle. I think he does miss an arrow, doesn't he, at one point, and then he hits a subsequent arrow after that. I, I also, in Return of the King, isn't he stopped from saving Aragorn? 
he tries to get to him, but he can't. Oh, yeah, he tries to get to him. And then he also the, yeah, he like, fails uh, to bring uh, down the guy who blows up the deeping wall, right? In uh, Elm's Deep. He lands the hit, but he doesn't, yeah, doesn't stop. You gotta him. get him in the head. He misses. Twice. I think that the guy was wearing a helmet, was wasn't he? That orc was wearing a, a helmet. Um, I mean... <laughs> I guess if he hit him in the eye, maybe. Well, that or the neck, right? But, uh, or yeah. the heart, but I guess... Well, I, mean, uh, I feel like he hits him damn near in the neck. I think I thought he got him in the shoulders. I can't it's remember. It's like in like the shoulder going down yeah. into him. So that that uh that orc was just really determined. He block. he really really. Oh, was he was a legend. That yeah. that guy. Um, really but I will say he is uh probably the highest skilled of all the you know fellowship. Like uh, well, I, that makes sense I don't considering how long he's been alive. I think exactly. I I understand people yeah. not being particularly emotionally invested in Legolas, but that at the same time I wouldn't consider it any kind of problem that he is as good as he is. Um. I see it as like consistent that he is this accurate because he's lived for how long? Like, is it a thousand years or something ridiculous? It's yeah. something crazy. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Like, uh, and I, 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 some scenes are really cool. Like when he he takes down the elephant, that that's cool. Like, I, I'm not saying that it's not awesome what he does, mm -hmm. but I just don't think it makes for a particularly interesting character at points. Some people he just, he... have been known to consider that scene bad and goofy. So don't worry, you know, even if you didn't like that. What? Oh, wow. yeah. Some, some crazy folk out there don't like it, you know, and think it's at odds with the film. I don't know who would think of that, you know. <laughs> but it's, uh, I, uh, nobody thought they hate that, it for no reason. For no reason at all. Absolutely everything with no worry at all. I mean, he even takes on an entire troll by himself. Okay, it takes all of them to kill it, but still, he gets a perfect shot in hell yeah, from see, a mile away. I he have uh, a slight. I have a but slight. That's cool. Nitpick. That's cool. I oh, have no. a nitpick with Legolas killing the troll. Do it. So, let's, uh, we, okay, so, if you're on top of the troll and you want to shoot a, an arrow into his skull, the more arrows you put on your bowstring, the less energy those arrows will have when they are released from the bow. Um, so don't they um, I, they I bounce he... off, don't they? They don't actually go through. Oh, um, were you talking about when he fought? Because in the elephant, didn't he pull three back? He said that, didn't he shoot I, three? Into I, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, troll, yeah, I, mixed, troll, I, yeah. I think I might have mixed him up, yeah. But if you were going to kill, if you wanted to get into him, you'd only shoot one arrow. Shooting multiples is just weaker arrows. Well, because, yeah, I was going to say, on the troll, I think he fires two in the back, but they bounce and break off, and then he gets one on the neck on the underside, right, where the skin would be... Dinner, I yeah, guess. It, he like he like stuns it right by shooting it. Yeah, it goes like, like into the yeah into the neck or something like that. Yeah, Superman would have been a little off with that shot. Good knuckles for eight. I mean, Marvel well just sent Legolas. That's all they need. I mean, our they do send Legolas <laughs> and an army of ghosts. <laughs> he ran out of arrows. Walks on his own, uh, but at least yeah, it yeah. looks like he's struggling. Well, yeah, I will give it to you. Is is uh, I kind of like the variety, right? Legolas is just flawlessly just mincing through enemies, but Ar Aragorn's combat always feels like rough, raw, and he earns every single last kill. Yeah. Uh, particularly, then, of course, Gimli. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say in Amon Hen, I fucking love all the different cuts to Aragorn, where he's like using all of his weaponry, headbutting, dragging them into walls, kicking them. Like it's all. Oh, yeah, and he looks like he's really scrambling. You remember the yeah. shot where it's like he's sort of tumbling forward and then stabs a sword through the Urukai and then, like, yeah. spins around and drags it out? It's cool. I love the one where he, um, he cool. almost sets the sword on their neck and then runs it through. Like, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so one's fucking great, cool. He, he knocks him down, slides it there, yeah. And then, because uh, I do love the shot where... Uh, 
He's like doing that one-on-one brawl with the uh, Urukai. Meanwhile, Legolas is just effortlessly yeah. dispatching of like seven of them. I love that shot. Legolas so, would do uh, all of. Yep. Rob, yeah? have you seen the uh, the Hobbit trilogy? I have not. I've heard mixed okay. thoughts on them. They're they're very <laughs> mixed movies. The, uh... Um, you yeah. gotta watch the scene where Legolas is fighting uh, while they're going down the uh, the rapids. Oh god! Legolas. <laughs> no, I was gonna ask because in that, because even though character wise he's actually pretty decent in those movies, um, yeah, he they they crank him up into like being an actual supernatural um, god of war. So I was I was curious if you you know had. Yeah, like, I thought right. I thought you were the one that said they made him an asshole in those movies. Um. Oh my god, is Rags inconsistently written? Yes. Uh, maybe there was a time I... Maybe, when was this? Um, in well, the, the fucking well, recordings <laughs> that we did for know. the movies. I, I think he's a little bit of an asshole. Maybe I was talking about Thranduil? No, you were talking about Legolas, because I remember I, editing I in a picture asshole. of Legolas when oh you said it. Oh my god. Maybe. No, oh no, yeah, no. I think he's got some assholey moments, but I think he's a decent character in those uh, in that trilogy, and I think uh, What's I think happening right now? <laughs> What's happening wait, wait, right what's now? What's the inconsistency? That, what's <laughs> happening right now is that Molaris Phoenix, be, right? And Rags you could be a bit of an asshole and be a decent sweating. character. You're, you're sweating. You're kind of no. there, like, ooh, uh oh. This is wait, is that, a, is that emoji? And be a bit of a decent. It's that YouTube emoji with eat the eat the hand. See it with the red face. No, there is nothing inconsistent here. Yeah, I mean, there was past rags, and now there's present rags. They're separated no, by about a month. True. Uh, no, no, we're heading, we're heading to the the breakdown. This is mad. First off, this is madness. Down. You can be an asshole at times and still be a decently written character. That's this not what you said. You said you, you said that he was uh, characterized well or whatever, but then you said he was an asshole to highlight how they'd gotten him wrong in the recording. Um, I'd have to see. I honestly don't remember. I, I legitimately don't remember what I said in the recording. Because he was an asshole from what I remember. I, he's all into that stupid I, triangle and he's obsessed with Toriel or whatever her name is. Um, yeah, he is. He wants well, to, he wants to bang her. Ugh. He yeah. wants to, he, he, he has a fondness for Toriel, yes. Boring. Um, however, I, just kill everything. I, I still think he's a decent character. I, th I still think he's a decent character. When we watch them, we can, uh, yeah, we can double check, but I do think that he set up decently well because um, the Hobbits serve as a prequel essentially to these movies, um, as inconsistent in quality as they are. But I think if you watch those, what Legolas is in those two movies really sort of does decently set him up to this one to mm. to be in the Lord of the Rings one. This blindfolded with one arm tied behind his back without breaking a sweat whilst drunk. I just find it so difficult to buy the tension and suspense anytime Legolas is in danger. They're fine. Let's be honest, they're fine. He's the Middle Earth Jesus. I mean, I guess Jesus was far from fine, but shut up. Still an atheist. Cool. Based. He hits every. I thought you just meant that he got fucked up. <laughs> like that Jesus did manage to, uh, you know. Every single arrow. Just miss one. That's all I ask. Just one. Oh, slip over. Have a bird poop on your head. I don't know. Any kind of misfortune. <laughs> no. <laughs> Running along a bird just poops That'll on be him. the extended, extended editions, that scene. Yeah. <laughs> he even steals Gimli's kill for crying out loud. Not the only time <laughs> he's tried to do that, too. Terrible. If he was playing, like, Colt uh, Halo, whenever Gimli's like, alright, I'm gonna assassinate you, he'd, uh, he'd get the yoink more yoink. than a few times. Mm -hmm. Yoink.
Yoink. It's not, Legolas not right. It's not, not okay. Well, I will say, I'm surprised that Legolas's kill count is like one off of Gimli's by the end of Helm's Deep. It's just like, how did that even it's happen? It's a little dude? bit of an inconsistency. Well, yeah, He's up to 17 when Gimli's got two. <laughs> how did you do that and then manage to level out? Even skate. Well, maybe Legolas had to go get more arrows. So. He like literally just walks <laughs> away for a lot, goes to the arrow store. <laughs> it's, yeah. yes, I would He's like in to the have Helm's 30. Deep shop, the cash shop. Yeah. And he's like, I've, I've killed 26 orcs. There's like a really friendly, you know, orcs. shop owner there who is just aloof, doesn't know this is going on. It's like a Killing Floor 2 map. He has to go to the to the merchant and he has to restock on ammunition before the next wave. <laughs> <laughs> the Gimli's like, nah, I'm a melee character. Well, they're all like, there's no waves. They just keep coming. He's like, no, no, no. There's a wave. We got time. The waves keep coming? What do you mean? Have there's you never been to the beach? A yeah. Every single target just miss one he takes down an entire elephant on his own and still kind of funny how saying he takes down an entire elephant is an understatement like a dramatic understatement of what he, he does the elephant and every bad guy on it yeah. well a, a, this thing and is an enormous elephant well. even yeah it's it's a chungus elephant it's a lot bigger than a regular elephant and then he slides down the trunk as well style points and is a pose yeah, yeah has time to pose. I mean, don't get me wrong, it looks cool as hell, but what good is a character who never has any struggles or conflicts? I mean, I guess he briefly struggles whilst holding onto the elephant. That's the- Yeah, there are some bits and bobs oh, where he has a right. bit of struggle, but I would actually, I think, Fring, were we talking about this? That if we were to tweak Lord of the Rings, which we would never, but um, I'd probably add a bit more for Legolas. Um, yeah, he feels like the character definitely. that has the least out of all of them. Yeah, I even though, uh, for what little we get between Legolas and Gimli, Yes, yeah. really well. I oh, still I feel that. like we could do more, you know? The best I got. Frodo nearly dies three times in the first movie, and this kind of character is much more human and interesting, as opposed to one who just overcomes everything without a care in the world. What about the racist orcs? I need to highlight the how good elves are, how incredible <laughs> elves are. Oh yeah, they're OP. Racist? What are you even on? Well, they're clearly portraying black people. Oh no. <laughs> oh my goodness, even though that one's definitely an American Indian, but true, yeah. <laughs> What's the one on the right there? What's he up to? That's the, is that the one that says, um... <laughs> he's what about like, their yeah, legs? Yeah. They like these dogs. Yeah, yeah, he, he's the one like, just a, just a bite, you know? Just a, just a little snack. This is like a, a, a cut a off the guy. flank or whatever, isn't it? Yeah. What's that? What was the what was the what was the channel that did the orc video? What what, what one Man was that? The, no, the we covered them, right? Wasn't it the one that made that weird race comparison thing? Oh, you talking about extra credits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The one what, that. What is it? Do you, <laughs> do you remember the the? I think it was in the thumbnail as well, but it, or at least in our thumbnail. But it, at one point they show like an orc, like a straight up orc, and then they just show this black lady with a coffee, and it's like, what the. F Oh yeah, the what granny. Yeah. <laughs> they show the the like the like Warcraft orc, and then the little old black granny with her coffee. What the and I'm like, what the fuck? Doing? Are so, what you you got some demons you need to sort the whole out. Like, into that. We'll laugh at their ass off of that video. It's so embarrassing. Do you remember we covered oh, them as well when they said we can't have you being able to choose the Nazis in a in an FPS World War game without an explanation of why the and Nazis were bad? A Nazi? Yeah. That yeah was you, like, you, and then you, suddenly you're a Nazi. That was a suggested <laughs> fix. Is when you start up the matchmaking is like the nazis were that explains the whole thing <laughs> like you're playing as the bad guys just so you know disgusting orcs i mean in the books they refer to them as mongol types what, I mean, that, wait is it mongol or mongrel mongol oh that just means the book might have been a little bit racist not the movie i mean 
I'm just saying. The only one racist in the film is Gimli. I will be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf. Gimli has goes such on a Gimli was uh, my favorite character. Uh, he knows, you know, he, he likes racist arc, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like in the, yeah, like he goes on his little, his little lock. You know what, you elves, you ain't so bad after all. Yeah. It's also Legolas isn't so bad after all, like, but that's still okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Legolas is like, so you're chill with elves now? And he's like, no, but I like you. <laughs> you're, you're all right. That's what it was about. Wait, isn't that something that happens? Uh, I remember, it might have been Gary that was saying it, but like, does Gimli take Legolas to like... I don't know, they go on an event. I can't remember. The futures of all the characters, I remember, I found them very endearing when someone was describing what happens to them all after uh, Lord of the Rings. It's like the opposite of Star Wars. Yes. They don't all crumble apart, become depressing, absentee yeah. fucking yeah. idiots that destroy everything. Crazy. You never would have thought. Strong arc throughout the three films, and I love it. Gimli starts out not liking elves. The others don't take the hobbits too seriously at first, but this all changes throughout the trilogy as they all learn that it doesn't matter where you come from. We're all the same. It's a terrific message and well ahead of its time for a book series written during the Second World War. Gimli even risks his life to save Aragorn. It shows his growth as a character throughout the film, starting out by hating other races and now risking his life for them. Toss me. That means something very different in the UK. I wouldn't really use that. I mean, elaborate. Toss me off would be what you you referred to, right? Oh, because yeah. we still you, you can still penis off and throw it. What? No, 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 no. Hand job. Yeah, oh, but all right. We don't. Yeah, like toss her toss and me toss off. me off. But like, yeah, uh, like you make a sort of tossing motion, sort of as you're stroking the penis up and yeah. down. Yeah. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, I, I think I could see. Yeah, because I'm. Yeah, everyone at home, you could sort of, you know, do the motions in front of you, and you can kind of see why that. Yeah, I, I could see how that works. Yeah, that word, dude. You need There's this uber orc called Lurtz, who is quite badass, even pulling himself further onto a sword after. <laughs> Lurtz doesn't get enough appreciation for doing that. Like, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> cool. like, you yeah. know that Aragorn was like, "What the fuck? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus Christ!" <laughs> Crack. <laughs> but then is decapitated for his troubles. He doesn't get much screen time, but it's to be expected for a generic big bad troll man. And credit to this film, they kill off two main characters in the first movie, and both are super emotional. I mean, Boromir and Gandalf, n n not Lurtz. You no, I was very <laughs> emotional when Lurtz died. <laughs> I'm like, no, Lurtz. I, I, I cried for Lurtz. <laughs> Shed tears for the Lurtz. Just my wept. <laughs> my king. <Can> you feel <laughs> Frodo is a broken man at the end of the first movie. He's already gone through hell and we're only one- He really has. He's died like three times, like you mentioned. He's already just like, this is fucking shit. But I guess I gotta keep going. Film in. His uncle has gone away. He's lost Gandalf, who was like a grandfather to him. And he feels like he caused his death. Boromir wanted to use the ring for good and he dies. And it's all down to him. Frodo is protecting the ring, so he naturally feels accountable for any deaths that come from this adventure. He isn't even sure he can trust Sam, but reluctantly agrees to let him continue with them anyway. Because the original plan was for the two towers to actually be the third and final film of the trilogy, it proved the hardest to write, as some of it was wrapping up the Fellowship of the Ring and they didn't know how to begin or end the movie, as there wasn't a clear focus. Boromir's death was actually in the beginning of the Two Towers book, but was moved to the end of the Fellowship movie instead. The book also ended with the group going to Isengard and Frodo meeting the giant spider. But so yeah, funny thing about this is um, on Gary's stream we were talking about Lord of the Rings, 
he had a super chat from someone saying like the fact that uh, Shelob wasn't in the end of Two Towers was enough for them to say like fuck this I'm not watching the third one and, like Jeez, what a what a loser. well and, and Gary was like yeah well watch the third one <laughs> if you want to see Shelob watch the third one like. <laughs> But this was all saved for the third movie. Why does the giant spider want to fuck Frodo? Why do you see sex with everything? I mean, it's just there. Don't you think it clearly looks like Gandalf is butt-fucking Pippin? Oh, no! No! <laughs> In the Two Towers film, the King of Rohan, Theoden, played by Bernard Hill, is possessed by Saruman. Shadow but in the book, he was just depressed and emotionally manipulated by Wormtongue. One thing I really don't like about this movie is that it oh. opens by showing what happened to Gandalf <gasps> after he fell down. Oh, you, uh, you agree with Drinker, oh, huh? Oh, you're, you're wrong like Drinker is. Okay. <laughs> into the abyss. Now I'm all for a recap, this just ruins the illusion for me and kind of spoils the surprise return later in the film. They constantly refer to a white wizard and a group of Ents, giant living trees, taking Merry and Pippin and seemingly are surrendering them to this Wait, are you saying that you can intuitively understand that we're going to be getting Gandalf the White? Yeah, well, if you start the movie with him falling down, then you're, oh, he's I mean, possibly. maybe... Remember, it's contextualized as a nightmare that Frodo is having. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, I yeah. don't know that... I think a new viewer would have no reason... If you've read the books, then you obviously know what's happening anyway, but if you no haven't... No reason. But if someone was to think that, like, ah, oh, after I saw that scene, I had a feeling Gandalf would come back, but be in white robes would be called Gandalf. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's way too beyond... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think this still works, the whole, like, I'm gonna take you to see the White Wizard, who'd be like, oh, fuck, Saruman. Like, there's no reason I think we would think that's Gandalf. Even with the, yeah, the series fighting the Balrog. Yeah. Wizard. They, and the audience, initially assume it's Saruman. But surprise, it's actually Gandalf, who is now back from the dead. I just think this shock was ruined by showing that scene at the beginning of the film. The fight with the Balrog looks cool and everything, but I would have just cut this out. Or at least saved it for later when- Cut it out! Oh my no, god! No. <laughs> It's so wonderful. Gandalf explained what happened to him. Gandalf! What is it, Mr. Furrow? Gandalf! Idiot. The fact that this is a fantasy story could entice people to watch it with their children, which I'd encourage, but only if they aren't a damn pussy. The Im True, because that well, little no girl in my are gonna be pussies, year four so class cried with the lit stuff, so some children can't handle it, but some children can. And they yeah. will love it forever. The imagery is so dark. The orcs are so grotesque and vicious looking. And later on, we see disembodied heads under some water. Frodo falls in and the imagery is quite scary and really captures your attention. Some of the voice acting is also kind of off. We ain't know nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. But man, Aragorn. No, I, really? I like that second one. I love that second one. It sounds so yeah, disgusting. The second one is great. I I don't agree with the that's first one, one but I guess I could see what you mean. But the second Maga one. Maggie bread for first guys. And plus, when you have them side by side, the big one has the deeper voice, and the little one is that that squirrely kind of like. Really gives a sense that they're all just disgusting creatures that have been pulled out of the ground. Like you don't know what you get with these. Recaps all of Merry and Pippin's movements just from tracks in the dirt. He's a better detective than Batman. There are dead things, dead faces in the water. Oh hey, you're right. Aww. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You have a dead I'm self -aware. face? Yeah, my channel oh. is. Oh, okay. 
I'm gonna pause just for. Do you, yeah, have any, just do you ever case. worry about copyright? Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> you never know these days. We, uh, the amount of copyright trouble I had with making the um, the video we did recently covering the three films was a fucking nightmare. But I assume you were okay. I don't know if uh, if a scene like this is long enough to get you hit, but it was for me. Oh, I get claims every day. Yeah, yeah. I understand. And anger. Star Wars fans. I thought it was cool to like Star Wars. Does it change? 20, <laughs> oh wait, yeah, this mean, is from back in. This is 2017. Uh, so oh. it's it's the beginning oh, yeah, of the, the end. Turned, yeah, the tide hadn't turned yet. <laughs> yeah, Last Jedi was about to come out. It was slightly okay to talk about Star Wars. Appropriate usage of the time travel. I would even go as far as saying, but just the on the the day TLJ came out, Star Wars as a fandom was pretty hype. Like it was it was having uh, yeah. this big big and oof. The damage, the absolute... This is the thing I would love to see. I say this every once in a while with uh, just talking about these sorts of things. If Disney was sent back in time and they could remake from the beginning, right? Do do it all over. Yeah. I wonder how different everything would be. Like, I wonder what they would use the actors for. I, I wonder if Ray would even exist. I wonder if they would uh, undo that completely. Nah, they would do a redo. They'd do a different one. I'd wonder I mean, if they would go hyper-safe and do it just Luke, Han, and Leia for another three films and just be like, oh. just do that. I hope they would. That already just sounds better. Well, I, I just because like it would just be interesting, and and they think they're the only ones that know, but we also know about the alternate timeline. We're watching, keeping an eye, <laughs> being like, "What's you up to there, Disney?" We tell everybody about the alternate timeline. They don't believe us. They're like, "Oh, they make the Han a deadbeat dad who abandons his family and then uh, gets stabbed by his son." They're just like, "No." Luke abandons the whole galaxy and becomes like drug god Titty Milk until he dies too. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, we did we do this in an alternate timeline? Was this us? <laughs> We've done this. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. This has never happened. But I really think Saruman needs to hire better work. No wonder Middle Earth is in such a state when minimum wage is going towards guards like this. They are right there when Frodo throws his cloak over them to hide as a rock and suddenly they become John Cena. Funnily enough, because well, remember, remember the rock looks what, good uh, and I can buy it because it's a magical cloak. It's the it's the coming down yeah. the 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 throws me off because it would be so easy yeah. to spot them as they're falling down and sliding down or whatever. Um and yeah. it's shot in a way that they try to make you think like, no, no, they didn't see him. And it's like, but they totally would have though. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's hard for me to buy exactly. No parents should have to bury their child. Well, the McCann's did. I knew it. This is the. Wait, is that did that get confirmed? Yes. Or, or you mean because I didn't? I never I knew know, the I end of that story. Did. I only knew the beginning of it. The whole like the McCann. So what? Uh, wait, did no, they kill her? It's heavily believed, but it's not confirmed. Oh, I'm okay. Just being edgy. I legit didn't know. I haven't, I haven't kept up to date with my McCann lore. The film where Aragorn begins to foreshadow his future acts as king. Even before he gets crowned, he realizes that Theoden is being an idiot and tries to convince him to do what's right. Gollum's split personalities is done perfectly. He's evil and creepy and yet also manages to come across as quite sympathetic as well. And the dwarfs just spring out of holes in the ground. <laughs> okay, that was such a fake laugh to his joke. That was such an obvious pity laugh. And trust me, I know a pity laugh when I hear one. So Aragorn falls off a- Well, but I mean, <laughs> even if it was, that's nice of her, okay? <laughs> yeah. Gimli's no, telling his yeah. little stories and jokes. That's uh, some good manners on Eowyn, you know? 
cliff in one scene and is presumed dead, but this wasn't actually in the book, and it's a change I don't really get. Peter Jackson claimed he put it in to create tension, but not a lot of time goes by before he returns anyway. And this trilogy already has a bunch of fake-out deaths, so just a personal preference, this one didn't really seem needed. In the extended cuts, there are more scenes where he's presumed dead. They do show how big a deal it is and show that he's needed as king, so it's not entirely pointless, but I feel like this could have been achieved by- They also use it to give them- uh, Aragorn finds out about the Urukai army, right? Like, that's how yeah, they find out about it. Yeah, he tells about it, yeah. yeah having him be mortally wounded instead. And also, how the hell did he even survive this drop to begin with? Wouldn't that's survivable. He landed in the water? Yeah, that's not... Um, I'm trying to... It's hard to say how tall that is, but... Yeah, I could believe he could have fought. And remember, he's um, Numenorian as well, so he's got, like... He's it's got stat fair, bonuses. Really like too big a drop. Yeah, he should be right. Wouldn't he have died on impact once hitting the water? But Aragorn uh, shows how strong a hero he is by taking... Screams down. Well, I can still hear you guys. Is it? No, yeah, I can. Oh, the, yeah, the YouTube link said stream animated. Oh, dear. Live stream copyright notice. Your stream has been interrupted. No! Interesting. Uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, how does this work usually? I think you just have to chill out for a little bit and then they let you come back? Is that how it works? So. Yeah, if you wait like a minute or two, it should be fine. I'll pop up All the right, copyright well. protection, but well, rip yes. monetizing this episode. <laughs> like, that's, that's okay. Um, okay. Are we, are we back? I'm going to go to the toilet again one sec. No problem. Yeah. What an adventure. What an adventure. Yeah. It's surprising how effective the, the copyright shield is, by the way. It genuinely solves all problems. That little leaf app logo. Oh, yeah. putting that on the uh, the eight hours, man. Whoa. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I knew when, when it was premiering and I was looking at it, I was like, God, look at that, where it's just like it just clips in and out and out and in and out all the time. The only time it doesn't come on is when it's like, you know, someone hitting something with a sword or some explosion. It's like that's the I was just trying to keep all of the interesting things in. Absolute nightmare. You guys have no idea. I would upload it and it would be like, oh, yeah, just a claim on this little five second clip where, you know, Gandalf says one line. It's just like, hmm. Yeah, okay, thanks. The fucking scene where he talks to Frodo about, you know, judgment and death and stuff, almost impossible to keep it in, because we didn't talk about that scene, we were talking about something else. Friggy knows this pain, too. Uh, there are certain scenes in Lord of the Rings that, um, in retrospect, you know, we knew at the time when we were recording them that, like, we needed to talk about almost everything for the sake of the editor, but when you're watching them, you kind of just get taken away with it. And sometimes there's a conversation happening, like, oh shit, we just went past a whole scene that people would probably want us to say things about. And then even for the editor, you can't even play the clips. It was it was a nightmare. But it worked out. Uh, and, and it looks like we're back as well. There you go. So, well, we did it. For anyone who didn't hear all of that, the re-upload will hear it instead of getting nothing. So that's better. <laughs> It'll yeah, work presumably, out. Presumably copyright-tisms. Yes. Um, right. and I think I've heard of that before. YouTube will be like, they'll slap you and be like, you're not allowed to stream if you do that. So you better stop right now and then we'll let you continue. And you're like, okay, jeez. I suppose I could um, re-edit this offline. Just put the cover on for the whole thing. Well, I guess that would work. It's not too bad, it's not too intrusive, but, uh, yes, away we go. Taking charge as a battle begins at Helm's yeah, Deep. The third act of the Two Towers is tremendous. They are so close to Mordor, but then the battle at Helm's Deep Yeah, but Deep I mean, it's not, as, uh, it's not as good as uh, the Battle of Winterfell, no. Ew. Oh, why would you say those words? 
So no. Because that's what they, that was their goal. Uh, their goal was to make it better than Helm's Deep. And then they started with, what, the, the, the charge, right? The cavalry charge yeah. directly headfirst. And they all died. The it was uh, so yeah, weird, too, because they all watched the cavalry ride off into the darkness and grab... Do you remember Rags? I think, were you there? Or was it just me or the, the the person that we were d d debating with on like a one of Gary's streams? I think this is we're talking so long ago now. I, I can't know which anything. one you're talking about. I actually but do remember the one you're talking about. The defense of the scene was that by seeing the lights go out gradually, it sort of tells you how hopeless the situation is. It was like I mean, I know that that's what <laughs> well, they're yeah, going it's hopeless is, because but... of how stupid the decision. <laughs> yeah. was. I mean, that's, that's what, what would happen. Gives you the sense of hopelessness. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. That's it was what? indeed. That was what a. And, and didn't they have all of their, like, projectile, like, stuff on the outside, not in the Yeah, the catapults were outside oh, the walls, yeah. <laughs> it was know, fucking crazy. <laughs> I have no idea dude. who organized that, like, who, on set. What were well, they the, thinking? Well, in-universe, it was organized by the most intelligent minds of all time. Oh, that's so, <laughs> yeah. It was a collection yeah. of all of the best, like, warriors and veterans and stuff. It's like, how could they have fucked this and up so hard? That plan that they could come up with. Oh, it was painful. Well, I, I imagine that on set, what happened was it was written that way, and so I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck," <laughs> you know, like well locked. And maybe, maybe like on set, they would have they would have been told like, "Oh no, you got to understand, this is like more potent for the narrative. You wouldn't, you're not a writer like we are, so you don't understand." But like, this is the way that it needs to be done because this is good for maximum drama. It's, it's like cinematic language being utilized under the sense of dramatic fiction, yeah. paced out in order to create the maximum. Emotional if they were trying to do Helm's Deep, they would have noticed, oh yeah, everybody's actually behind on the wall, behind the wall. Yeah. What a yeah. stupid decision. As opposed to in front of it. And that the whole goal is to keep them from getting inside for as long as possible. Imagine Thayden was like, I want you men to stand out there. Yes, women women and children there. out front. Women, women and children, and children out front. <laughs> Again, the, the cavalry charge in Return of the King. That was a bad thing. The the movie recognized that it was a bad thing. Well, it's the thing. most like almost crazy version of uh, cavalry flanking the army while you know a, a war is happening because they were fucking huge. But yeah, at the same time, that was them arriving. They they didn't even know what the nature of the fight was going to be. You have that shot of Theoden just seeing it and being like, "Fuck." Well, yeah. Let's get ready. Oh, Lord of the Rings, so neat and you can tell that this means everything. It is all or nothing now. The build-up is spectacular and absolutely nothing can ruin it. You could have picked a better spot. Okay, that was funny. To be fair, I wasn't really a big fan of Gimli at first, but he does grow on me. But he does grow on me, like it's gonna I'm happen. Glad he grew on you. Yeah. I'm very, very glad that he grew on me. Dude, I love his fucking attitude at Helm's Deep. He's so ready. He's just like, let's fucking go. Death, small chance of success. What are we waiting for? And he really gets you psyched for the big third act there. He's just short and annoying and probably gay. The battle scene. I mean, yeah, maybe. It's, and uh... his main problem is he wants Frodo to rot, and I, d I don't understand why. <laughs> Do you reference that in this video? <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> I assume you have a lot of callbacks. It is incredible. It is flawless. I can't find a single problem with it. It looks perfect. The battle is such an incredible spectacle. Look at it. The sheer production design is fantastic. You know what? These movies are amazing. I heard, um, I read somewhere about, I forget who it was. It was one of the actors, or maybe it was 
Peter Jackson, I think it was one of the actors, but they were saying that shooting Helm's Deep was miserable because they had all the rain machines just pouring rain on them, and it was cold, and you had to be in all that get-up. And of course, when you're shooting a movie, there's so much standing around, especially if you're an extra, and they have to get all their coverage shots and all their crane shots and everything like that. And they said it was absolutely miserable to shoot the scene. Um, so you, when you look at it and you imagine it from like what the actors had to experience in order to make this whole thing you know, happen, it gives you that appreciation of what they did. Imagine the motivation, too, when it's miserable, and then you see the finished thing, and you're like, oh. Wow. So the next time what? you do it, you're like, yeah, I mean, let's do it. I, I know how this can turn out, so let's go. Yeah. Is this it? Is this all you can conjure, Saruman? I am so going to die. Ha ha ha. We must weather such things as we have always done. How can that be your decision? That's such a weird take. It doesn't even match the rest of the scene. The angle looks off. The delivery is weird. It's just a very weird take to go. Um, I mean, isn't the point that uh, they've been waiting for ages and that they've been patient with Treebeard and the other Ents and that their hope is that they'll get the not only them, but also the, the trees in general involved in the war, only to tell them, no, we won't be. So Mary at this point is actually fucking furious with them, um, which is why it's like a a sudden change for him instead of being like, cause I think he hoped for a different outcome and that's why he's like really angry and uh, hence the, uh, tightening up on him as well. At least that's what I got from it. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't really think of that. Even when side characters are in peril and could be dying, it still means everything. This is a trilogy with so many characters, and yet if any of them are close to death, you care so much. That says a lot about Peter Jackson's directing and writing, as well as the cast's amazing acting performances. In the book, the Ents actually agree to joining the war without any need for convincing, but in the movie they refuse to help until Merry and Pippin show them what Saruman did to all of the trees. Yep, damaging the ecosystem is exactly what brings on a war in Middle-earth. But I do like this addition. This was done to show that Merry and Pippin weren't just an inconvenience. They weren't just being babysat during the second film, and they were actually contributing to the fight against evil, even if it wasn't physically yet. Sam and Frodo get taken hostage by Boromir's brother Faramir, who understandably doesn't trust them after his brother's death, which is decent enough motivation, but it was quite different in the book. In the novel, Faramir did this, but he sensed the ring's power pretty early on and let them go. Whereas here, it takes him quite a while. Here, he wants the ring to go to his father. A subplot is that Boromir was the child prodigy, and Faramir wanted to grant him the ring for approval. And you root for this. You root for Faramir to gain his approval. You get so much sympathy for the guy. Yeah, I think we, we actually yeah, discussed this I, with, um, uh, I think Drinker said that he thought that going to Osculiath and the Faramir stuff was, like, pointless. Um, he didn't he didn't value it, but I, I, especially on the rewatch, I really like it, like, in terms of... Um, I, I really do, too. Uh, I have a particular fondness for Faramir, and I think that we learn a lot about not only what he wants, but what he's willing to give up, and, you know, that's where he learns a lot about Boromir, and it all really meshes together quite well, and it shows, um especially in the two towers it shows how different things would have been if boromir was still alive yeah and that push and pull on faramir for um you know doing things based on the approval of his father what's best for gondor but also recognizing what happened to his brother not wanting to repeat the mistakes it's uh, there's a lot going on i really like it what can men do against such reckless hate Make a nine-hour live stream about it. 
nine hours. <laughs> like anyone would watch that. But my it's crazy. They well, do. They all people do. Are, <laughs> crazy people out there. They're nuts. They should be locked up. <laughs> In a nice place where they get to watch uh, EFAP streams. And I get goosebumps yeah. when the cavalry shows up. This is phenomenal. The Ents get involved, and this whole thing is extraordinary. What are you doing? Auditioning for my role in Sin City. And the film ends with Gollum, who, for most of the movie, has remained more sympathetic and calm, turning far more sinister at the end for an excellent cliffhanger leading into the next film. Despite being the third and final installment to the trilogy, Peter Jackson actually considered Return of the King to be the easiest one to make, as it was the climax for the whole story. Despite being the longest of the three films... I wouldn't be surprised, because if they did it all, not necessarily all chronologically, but all, like chunks of it, they probably would have figured out a lot of how they were doing everything by the time they got to Return of the King's major scenes. Um, I can totally understand why you would find the, the beginning bits more difficult. How do you get the setups yeah. done? Uh, because a yeah. lot of the times, especially if you're writing really well and you have a plan, you kind of have your work finished almost. You have a very clear roadmap and you just have to finish up what you've set up for yourself. So, yeah. A well-written character is almost, in a way, predictable. Mm-hmm. It actually cut out the most from the source material. Some events depicted in the film were actually in the second book, continuing Jackson's storytelling style of altering the timeline. We get a decent origin story of Smeagol, which is a solid opener and works as a cool continuation of the last film's cliffhanger. Uh... Let go? Man, he really wants that fish. No, he wants it's that fish. Yeah, prize fish, that dude. He can't be letting go. <laughs> He's going to tell the whole Shire about that fish. Shows that Smeagol was manipulated into killing his own cousin for the ring. It helps us dive into his psyche even more, but also connects back to Sam and Frodo, as we now know that Gollum has... Oh, that's, that scene as an opener is so effective for so many reasons. Yeah. It's such a great choice they put it there. Makes it that fucking terrifying life for Smeagol that just come coming here and him being like, come on, hobbits, wake up. It's just like, oh, Jesus. Killed a hobbit before, and they may even remind him of his own cousin, which is why he's so psychotic around them. In a weird way, it actually makes Gollum's character even more sympathetic. Sure, he killed his cousin, but it was due to the ring. But what makes it more interesting is we don't really know if it was his own greediness or if it was genuinely the ring's power corrupting him. The most controversial change is that in the theatrical cut, we don't actually see Saruman's death. Yeah, he's the villain is being built up Is it controversial when it's broadly accepted to have been a mistake? I wonder if that makes um, it controversial. It yeah. certainly <laughs> would have been at the time, right? And then At the time, yeah. But at this I, point, I, I yeah, no one's that. denying this was a bad move. For six hours, and in this cut, they just say, There's a wizard to manage here. And we never see him again. In the extended... It's so crazy, because, like, when I was gathering clips from the theatrical version to throw into the hour coverage, and the fact that Treebeard says that there's a wizard in here, that it just cuts to Gandalf and he goes, and there he shall remain. And it's like, no. <laughs> He's attacked and brutally impaled, and it makes no sense to have cut that scene out completely. Christopher Lee was infuriated by this decision and held it against Peter Jackson for years, and I feel like it's completely warranted. It's such a yeah. dumb move. It's not just yeah. that they cut it, it's that they didn't tell him as well, as far as I'm aware, and he found out while watching the film. At least yeah. I remember reading that, and it's just like, damn, that's fucked up. Something stirs in the east. 
But like, hopefully, it's a comfort to him that everyone considers the extended, or at least most people consider the extended to be the definitive versions, and that's what people reference mm. and stuff. So that scene is in. A sleepless malice. An obvious green screen. I think the pacing has done really well. The previous films had Aragorn be smitten with Arwen, but suddenly she vanishes and he seems to be interested in another woman. On first viewing, you wonder what the hell happened to Arwen, but now we get a flashback to explain it. Things like this were helped by the fact that the trilogy was all filmed simultaneously, preventing plot holes or inconsistencies. The Arwen thing isn't really explained very well in the theatrical cut, and this was down to scenes being cut out. But basically, she chose to become human to be with Aragorn and had to leave, and due to this decision, she is now dying. In the theatrical cut, it's just very vague. But she urges her father to reforge the mighty sword for the big battle, which is truly an epic moment. But hey, credit to Lord of the Rings for inspiring every single superhero movie in existence with a damn laser in the sky. They oh, did eventually no. stop doing the lasers. I don't know what what happened. I guess enough people said stop doing lasers. What happened with people? Yeah. <laughs> enough with the lasers. To be fair, a battle starts quite early on in the film, which is an awesome way to kickstart the beginning of the end. It really is a heartwarming moment when Gandalf and Pippin find out that Sam and Frodo are still alive. The group spends so much of this trilogy separated, so you want them so desperately to reunite. And it adds to their isolation. Sam and Frodo have no idea where the others are. Gandalf is dead, and so could Merry and Pippin be for all they know. So literally, they have nothing to live for. They are here to save the world, and that's it. They I mean... I wouldn't word it that way. Nothing to live for. There's plenty things yeah, to live for. <laughs> but yeah, they they don't yeah, know the fate of any of their friends. Cream, yeah. That's true. Yeah, and eleven herbs and spices for the for the potatoes. Roast right? chicken. That's yeah. true. That's true. They don't care what happens to them. There's a really emotional moment as Pippin sings a song as everyone prepares for battle. It's a nice little interlude to separate the scenes from the big action we're about to see. Have you learned nothing? Oh, is that you? Didn't want to uh, talk more because that scene is particularly. Um, it's almost it can almost surprise you watching Lord of the Rings that scene. It's yeah. very serious and uh cruel, I would say almost. Think of the stubbornness of dwarves. You might as well accept it. We're going with you, laddie. We're all gonna leave all these innocent people to struggle without us. You really feel for Mary. He wants to fight and just do uh, his bit. Don't think fair. Well, go on, Rags, say more. Well, I mean, they're going to go get the army that's going to come for, uh, through for him in the end. It's yeah. not like they're abandoning them, you know? Okay, well, counterpoint, why didn't they tell anybody? Um, I don't know. Because that's actually our commentary we're when still... we're watching it. We say... Uh, you remember gambling or whatever is like they abandon us because they know there's no hope. And then Theodore's like, "Shut the fuck up," <laughs> or whatever. But it's uh, it, we were like, "Why wouldn't they have made it clear to to everyone?" Even it's like we're getting reinforcements. You guys, we're gonna win. We're gonna fucking win. Don't you worry. Instead of just leaving, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Nobody takes him seriously and wants to ride with him until Eowyn obliges. The battle is hyped up so well as Aragorn asks all these dead fellas to help them out. The line has ended! I mean, it hasn't. You could still go out and have another kid. I'm just saying. He can't do that. There's Urukai everywhere. <laughs> what, what, how's he going to do that? <laughs> he hasn't got time for that. Maybe that's the thrill. Oh no. <laughs> Hobbits is come! I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. As soon as you said sticky, I was like, here it comes. 
There's a scene that definitely should have been cut. After Frodo sends Sam away, he goes back down the stairs and finds the food Have that Gollum discarded. This scene is entirely pointless. The audience clearly see Gollum getting rid of the food earlier and Sam knows it wasn't him, so there's no need for this big reveal. Furthermore, it goes... I think the reason they have this scene is to let us know what makes Sam come back. I guess you could infer, like, why wouldn't he just come back anyway? But I think that makes you then wonder why he would have left at all. So I think that the idea is he now sees the proof that he was framed. Yeah. So it, it gives point, him... I go on to... So yeah, I go on to say that I think it ruins the reveal that he's coming back later. But um, I had a friend point out that it, the point of the scene is more Sam realizes, oh shit, I didn't imagine it. I'm not going crazy. It was yeah, I think it's like he knows that he, he really is like it, it shows how, you know, evil, you know, Gollum yeah. is. Goes against Sam's entire character to just give up when Frodo sends him away. He would have stuck around and followed him no matter what. He wouldn't have gone back down the stairs. But thirdly, he shows up later to save Frodo anyway, so this scene ruins that surprise as we know he's coming back. It's just stupid. You can tell visually how much impact this ring has had on Frodo's mental state. He's a complete mess. But then Gollum shows up. How did he survive that fall? Why is it with characters in these films surviving the impossible? I think when you see him falling down, it does look like he's um, grasping Sliding at the wall. down it and grabbing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think the yeah. idea is that once he slips into the darkness, he does get a hold of something. But I think when we see him again, he's he looks wounded, right? Um, he looks yeah. he looks roughed up. He, yeah. he looks, uh, yeah, pretty messed up. There More is messed noise. up than normal, actually. Yeah. This moment where Frodo That's true, by actually... Gollum standards, he looks mm. bad. <laughs> yeah. about to give up, but gets a vision morale boost. But then the spider shows up anyway. It's so tragic because of just how close he is to Mount Doom at this point. But oh, what a surprise, Sam is back. Hey, this part's legendary, okay? <laughs> Sam versus Shelob, love it. It, it is pretty cool. <laughs> As explained, this conflict wasn't actually in the book. So in the novel, Sam and Frodo entered the spider's lair together. Frodo was also beaten a lot more by the orcs, but this conflict works a lot better in the film and benefits Frodo's heroism and friendship with Sam perfectly. The thing is, Sam believes Frodo is dead, and honestly, you kind of believe it at this point. Frodo's been close to dead so many times before this, but after this huge epic journey, you actually kind of believe he could die, and that maybe Sam will take the ring the rest of the way for him. It's such an emotion. You know what's funny is when I, th I think when I first watched this and this scene was happening and then the orcs begin to arrive, I was like really frustrated because I was like, I swear to God, if Sam left the ring on Frodo's body, That'll be the most retarded fucking decision ever. And then, you know, later when he finds himself and he's like, he had it, I was like, oh shit, he does. And then I was like, oh, this this is interesting. Sam's got the ring. And in a way, it's almost like, maybe you should just go and take it to Mount Doom. You seem to be more level-headed, Sam. Just, Frodo can sit down, you know, have a breather, have a cup of water, something like that, and you can come back later. It'd be great. Emotional moment. We can't. You're in the way, mate. This is what's great about the trilogy. Everything has come full circle. The journey, the characters, the battles, they all mean so much and it's fantastic. Okay, this shot is really bad. It's so out of place with the rest of the scene. It looks like it was accidentally put in. Just a randomly, poorly focused slow-mo shot. Um, Wait, she's looking at... So, so yeah, the, here, the reason this, because I, I totally agree, it is uh, out of whack with a lot of stuff, but I'm pretty sure that's very deliberate. It's, um, her, her whole world is falling apart right now. She's seeing 
uh, Theoden get basically killed, which is one of the most inspirational and important people to it. I think it's deliberately shot so that everything is like out of focus, all wagging. We're zooming in on her, and it's slowed down. It's it's she, it's a re it's something we brought up actually about Zack Snyder. And we'll talk about this when we do our Rebel Moon coverage, if that happens. You know, I'm not guaranteeing anything. But he does a lot of slow-mo all the fucking time. The reason we have slow-mo in a lot of instances is so that we can take a moment to understand what a character is feeling. Um, because it's can, sometimes can be so quick. Like if they're feeling something that lasts about a second, in watching a movie for a character's reaction for one second it might not be enough. Like we'll just be like, wait, what the fuck was that? So you slow it and expand it out into like four seconds. Then we can actually see what's happening. And I assume that's what the point of this is, is to show that she's she can't believe what's about to happen. And of course, this is going to be why she's going to make the decision she's about to, which is to stand in front of the Witch King. Like, um, I understand why someone would see it as, as odd or strangely shot, but I yeah. assume that's part of the point, is to show how disjointed and, and insane the, what she's experiencing is right now. All right. For a trilogy that is otherwise really well produced and directed, it's weird that this made it in there. But when the ghosts join the battle, it... yeah. For the record, I'm not against slow mo. I like slow mo. I just don't like Zack Snyder like slow pointless slow mo that makes the... me hate slow mo. <laughs> the funniest thing about yeah. Zack Snyder is he slow moed his slow mo in Rebel Moon. There's a shot that's in slow mo and it slows down again, like in the slow mo. It's fucking insane. He uh, he needs he to think he's made something <laughs> that we want to see for longer. <laughs> yeah. It looks awesome. For anyone, anyone who's seen the movie, I'm talking about the shot where he jumps on the, the hippogriff thing. It, it's slow-mo and then it slows again. Like, it's a real thing. You could, I'm not making it up. No man can kill me. I am no man. A great line in 2003, a genuine clarification in 2023. What? What's going on in the future? We should even scream straight <laughs> All after of the that kind of kills the moment. <laughs> Nothing good. Sam, they took the ring. Don't know why. I told them the Japanese version is better, but they wouldn't listen. But Sam, hey, I, 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 I like them both. I, I but it, if I was to pick one, it probably would be the American one. I'm just saying, which is a controversial yeah. opinion, possibly. I checked discussions. Uh, it seemed that people were pretty split on them. Which is like the only I'm instance not, of a uh, adaptation of like a Japanese horror or Korean horror that that the American one is like respected, even. Yeah. But um, I like them both. Rings, however, I don't know if you've seen that. Holy shit, that was I've awful. Rings. rings is balls. Damn, that was a bad movie. What a waste. That sucks. Just see the first two. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the last one's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're on an airplane, and all of the yeah. screens turn into the ring, and it's like, what the hell? Why would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! It's cool. It's because awesome. Marvelization of horror is like go away. Had the ring the whole time. In the book, this was actually told to the reader early on, so there was no big reveal. So I'm starting to believe that Tolkien just didn't understand suspense or tension. Frodo <gasps> collapses just no. outside of my <laughs> You just gonna, you should you should start a fight with Tolkien. See what he says on Twitter. You should at him. See if he says anything back. He might do. <laughs> You can tell the impact it's had on him. Sam even carries him up there and it's such an emotional moment and really solidifies the strength of their friendship. In the book, when Sam had the ring, it also took its toll on him, but that was cut out of the film to focus on his determination to protect Frodo instead. His well-being is all that's on his mind. And yeah, I, uh, I saw people talking about it. I'm assuming, does Sam use the ring to help him get through Kirithungal? Because that, I guess, would make sense somewhat. Um, 
because that that would be quite a quite a thing to have happen for him to put it on. But I I can yeah. I can see the decision to not do it also having value to like you know Sam never actually is either tempted, corrupted, or uses the ring like he's that resilient, you know. Yeah, it's probably a probably good idea because that would give them up if you used it there. They would know where you are. Um, yeah. Does how does the book account for that then? I don't know. Hmm. I think it works a lot better. This is also intercut with Gimli finally letting go of his racism and accepting Legolas as a friend. <laughs> That's a funny statement. Letting go of his racism. Yes. Yeah. His prejudice. His bigotry. Yeah. His, his take that racism and just let it go. He's uh you do you do wonder if, if Legolas is like, Are you you like cool with elves now? And Gimli's like, hmm. I'm cool know. with an elf. I have an elf friend. <laughs> yeah. You, we'll we'll take it piece well, by piece. Yeah. Great message about friendship. Oh, this scene. So good. We should make another trilogy about Bilbo. For Frodo. Okay, so good. That does give me goosebumps. But this Mount yeah. Doom scene is incredible. It's crazy. Return of the King gets to a point where it's just like, oh, this scene and this one and this one and this one and the yeah. because like, we're done with setups, it's all paying off at this point. Incredible. Mm. It is so worth the nine-hour wait, man. What are you waiting for? The Goonies too. In the book, Gollum accidentally slips into the volcano, but it was changed, and they were going to have Frodo shove him in. But that made him look more like a psycho murderer, so instead they had it become somewhat accidental. Which is a cliche, but it does fit the story better. I might have preferred him pushing Gollum I, in the ring. I think I prefer what they, they actually went fighting. with. The I idea that they're fighting. both so I, obsessed yeah. with the ring is what destroys it is kind of cool. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think I'm inclined to, to agree. The idea of Frodo just like shoving him over, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't, but like, I don't give me that my ring. Frodo no, it's my ring. Ryrie, Ryrie, Ryrie. Oh shit! Exactly. Like... And then they're falling down. <laughs> yeah, it, they do the thing that it's it's what a lot of the older Disney films did, where they essentially absolve the protagonist of any like moral culpability. Usually, the villain essentially gets themselves killed. Or, you know, through their own hubris or their own mistake, right? It's it's that those kinds of things where it's like, well, make sure that the you know, like how Tarzan tries to save Clayton or how um sure. uh Simba like spares Scar and then well, and we still get uh, kicks him over. You know, Frodo's immense sense of guilt even when the ring is gone in the uh um, when he's looking at Sam, like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Though I feel like what you could that's way more like Oh shit! I really screwed up there. I'm really, really, really sorry. <laughs> I think it would. So you could good. film it so it works and everything. But I'm just picturing now, like Gollum's dad saying, "Be like, yeah." And then Frodo just goes, "Fuck off!" and pushes him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think there is some element to Frodo making that final decision and getting back at a, uh, you know, Smeagol for all the terrible things that you know Gollum's been, you know, doing to him. That I think would be interesting to see. It's such an epic moment, but how the hell does Frodo still have the strength to hold onto the edge of the cliff? There is a subtle moment where he even looks boy. down and- He is only small, but it, it, it does look like a tough thing to hang on to, but I guess they've had experience at this yeah, point with the uh, climbing rocks and shit for a while. Right. After everything he's been through, he possibly considers suicide. It's quite a dark moment for such a fun trilogy, but Sam even acknowledges it. 
Copyright row. No, no, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> we got the screen. All right, all right, okay. okay, good, good, good. Oh god, this is one of the best moments in the whole trilogy. Yeah, it is. Like yeah, the because yeah, Frodo's definitely like, fuck, man, I I screwed up so hard, didn't I? And Sam's like, doesn't fucking matter. We're getting out of here. Come on, doesn't matter. Get out of here. Don't let go. Come on, live. This live. is a lot deeper than I remembered. They succeed, the towers collapse, and you can see the true pride and emotion in Gandalf's eyes. At yeah. certain points throughout- That's so- ugh, Ian McKellen's so Dude, fucking Ian McKellen good. is one of the greatest actors of all time. <laughs> yes. Just, yeah, knowing that Frodo was the right guy for the job. Yeah. About the trilogy, he doubts so that Sam be Frodo undercut Yes. By the massive explosion. Well, it's almost, it's like, it's like, um, it is on, like, the, the horror of him dying, but also knowing, like, fuck, he, he did it. Like, like, you know, because there's no reason not to assume that that was going to happen anyway. Like, it's, the sacrifice they made is absolutely insane, but I guess that goes for a lot of characters. Can actually put it off, but he's seen that they've done it, and even outdone his expectations. It's beautifully handled. It's cool to see them all become reunited again, but maybe it's just yeah. me. Frodo doesn't seem that surprised to see Gandalf alive again. I mean, bear in mind that he died I in I disagree. <laughs> I hyper disagree. <laughs> the, way that, the way that he says Gandalf, it's like he seems like genuinely stunned that Gandalf is here and like overwhelmed with joy that, his, uh, that Gandalf is alive. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to rewatch the scene personally, but yeah. Yep, and Frodo has had no knowledge of him being back until now. I don't know, I just expected a bigger reaction. This is when the fake out endings begin that everyone's made fun of. But I checked, and they last 15 They're minutes. They're all the fools so made fun of. That's right, all of the <laughs> yeah. crazy people. It's like 20 minutes I've always. Long. It's one of the many things that gets said because The Lord of the Rings is difficult to criticize. And so it's like, yeah, well, it has too many endings. It's like, oh... Okay. <laughs> I don't know, just <laughs> of all the flaws, like, alright, fine, you just, you felt the ending was too long, okay. Honestly, it's not that big of an issue. The movie just never seems to end! They just pad it out and walk around for no reason! The pacing is so bad! I swear to god, if you say no reason one more time... <laughs> how many endings do they need? Just fade to black! Over and over again, it takes forever! It's not Peter Jackson's fault, you got the attention span of a fucking fish. They had a lot to wrap up, and the book had even more. Yeah, this film actually cuts down on the endings, funnily enough. It's cool to see Aragorn become king, but he doesn't change who he is. He remains humble, tells his friends they don't need to bow to him, and he and everyone else actually bows to them. It's a great message, but you can see that Frodo is really uncomfortable with all of this. It continues in a bar where everyone around them is just having drinks like nothing happened, but their lives will never be the same again. Then Sam meets a random woman, chats her up, and marries her. Ah, where the hell did this that, yeah, come right. from? The yeah. point was yeah, in the theatrical cut, it's very out of nowhere, but the extended but, cut kind of lays the foundation. But I still Some think it's fine. Theatrical would be that he talks about her before they get picked up by the Eagles. Um, he talks sure. about how he yeah. would have asked her to marry her. Uh, asked her to marry him. So there is something there. But yes, the extended gives mm. you a little bit more. Was that Frodo can't just go back and live his life, whereas Sam could, but I feel like this could have been achieved in other ways. Sam goes back and just hangs out with Merry and Pippin like normal, or even have the movie end with him flirting with someone, getting over his previous anxiety. There's no need to rush out an entire marriage and children in five minutes. I quite like it because it really gives a clear understanding of how much time has passed and that Sam is more than move. He's not just content, like, he's creating new life. There's this new adventures so to speak to be had like sam is really moving on um 
while Frodo can't. Like that's the the comparison. I yeah, I, I think it's relatively it's effective fast. and particularly sad too. In a, in a, well, bittersweet, I guess. It's such an epic journey, so you get where Frodo is coming from. He's a ruined man and feels completely lost. The farewells on the ship would have been the perfect ending. None of it dragged, it wrapped everything up perfectly. This was great. But no, we gotta have Sam and his stupid wife and his stupid kids. This should have been cut. Wow. <laughs> his stupid wife and his stupid kids? Oh my goodness. This is before I saw the extended cuts, right? Okay. Still. I, I would say even even then, like I think this is the I think this is a great place to end. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, that that he met a girl and they had a bunch of hobbits. And it was stupid wife, his stupid <laughs> kids. I'm back. Sam, your kids are like five, mate. You've been back for a while. This line makes no sense. One other thing these films get flack for is being too. Well, it, but that was after he'd come back from uh, with Frodo and stuff, right? Doing the saying goodbye Which to everybody. Which is a decent track. Yeah. That's a decent little journey, that. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Rivendell they're, they're leaving from, isn't it? Or am I mixing it up? I don't think it's Rivendell. Or some I port. Think else, I don't think, some port, yeah, but I don't think Rivendell's on the coast. Is um, it near it to Rivendell or the Shire? I can't remember geography-wise, but... They, they take it doesn't matter <laughs> it's not that important long which is weird considering some of the most beloved movies in history were way longer with credits mm. the first two movies theatrical cuts clock in at just under the three hour mark and i don't think they even drag there's never a moment where they linger on a sequence for a bit too long or they out oh it's the gray havens so-called lord of the rings fans i haven't read the book i'm sorry i love the movies they're amazing okay <laughs> maybe i should read the book someday yeah, interesting experience, especially because everyone fights over whether uh, things were adapted better, worse, or the same, uh, and have done for so long. And I always get like fun facts that uh, oftentimes seem contradictory, and I want to find out who this Tom Bombadil uh, guy is. Everyone always talks about him, magical god person in the woods. And yeah, there are like multiple audiobooks, right, as well. Um, yeah. I think uh, uh, last time the recording Wolf was selling the Andy Circus ones, which sounds interesting. Um, he can yeah. voice act all of the characters perfectly. Pretty much. <laughs> Stay there, welcome. But Return of the King crosses that mark. Without credits, it's just over three hours. If you're familiar with this channel, you'll know that I have a three hour rule. I have never seen a movie that is over three hours and is warranted to be over three hours. Even Titanic, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, shouldn't be the length it is. So is Return of the King worthy of being over three hours? Let's make some edits that I would want to make and see how we go. All the stuff with Sam's wife can go is... Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, you're off to such I mean, a bad the start. The scene, the wedding, the well, ending. Hear me out. All right. We're, all right. We're murdering yeah, sure. the Crap Sam's Sam wife. discovering the bread and ruining yeah. the surprise. That's all <laughs> yeah, gone to. And... <laughs> yeah, it's under three hours. But you're cutting from the theatricals. Yeah. It doesn't count. Oh, yeah, it didn't need to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it was the extended, <laughs> you, you're doomed. Like an so. hour. An yeah. hour of film. <laughs> Although we, we should put Saruman's death back in because that, that kind of needs to be in there. So uh -oh. if we do that, then... Oh! Damn. And there's way more. You got to get that Barmia scene back in. Okay, we got it. Oh, no! Well, there you have it. Return of the King is the first movie I've seen that warrants being over three hours. <sighs>
The trilogy is a masterpiece. Definitely one of the greatest ever made. The fact that they were all made at the same time as one another really helped the pacing and story majorly. It's a phenomenal trilogy and I would recommend it to any fan of fantasy. I'm stuck in 2017. Well, better than 2023, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was... Oh, you there's still some investments you can make. Yeah. Oh, this. that's true. This is a massive opportunity for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a blooper. Huh. Yeah. Oh, oh careful. Is, is, it, a high tree? is it worth it for the memes? <laughs> I think so. It's quite a high tree. It zoomed in and I nearly fell on my ass. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> nearly just died on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, at well, least it was recorded. And I'm glad you made it. Yeah. This video could come out. Um, hey, awesome. yeah, that was uh, that was that was good stuff. Especially because you know reviewing the Lord of the Rings trilogy is tough to do and have meaningful things to say, at least by our standards, within fifty minutes. Most people, like a Chris Stuckman, would probably review it in five minutes and just mainly tell you uh, the director and the. It was directed the, uh, by Peter Jackson and was filmed. Who directed other things with the stuff, cooperation but... of the New Zealand Movie Making and Arts Grant for tax purposes, and I think it is a... I watched it four times to make sure I had the right opinion on it. Which is that and I like it. Out of ten. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I, it seems like you really incorporate a lot of the sort of criticism, and um, you really gave Lord of the Rings a bit more of a chance, which is neat. Because uh, I wouldn't have yeah. wanted you to, like, like them out of pressure, as opposed to just genuinely mm. having fun with them sort of thing. Um, and it looks like you have been because yeah. a lot of the things you said about the uh, you know the characters' journeys. I don't know if if a lot of that was like you know said to you in comments and you saw or if it worked or if it's just stuff you picked up yourself because it came across as um, pretty genuine. Some some different interactions and dynamics and stuff. It was uh, it was a good watch, sir. And yeah, honestly, it's not often that we get to watch videos on EFAP that aren't one hundred percent cringe. Do... Yeah, but I, I was going to say that uh, some of the comedy actually was uh, kind of funny. So that's not uh, something that's very common for us. Normally the comedy in the movies or the videos we cover sucks balls. But some of it was good. I like the little time. Self-aware stuff yeah. in there that was fun. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, my, it was my, pretty good. My plan was to sit down and I'd, I was like, oh, I'm probably still going to hate them. But <laughs> I can at least have some kind of valid criticism this time and I'll make some EFAP references. And then I got through each one. And I was like, it's actually quite good. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, and yeah, my favorite is actually Two Towers. Um, but it's like picking your favorite child. I think all three are great. Oh, um, I have a favorite. Oh, Genuinely, I, um, I never know what the person will pick. Because uh, I've heard Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King from like everybody. It's, it's, uh, you never know what the person will pick. Um, hmm. I can't remember. Is, are all three of us Fellowship? I know. I'm I know. Fellowship. Yeah, yeah, there I'm you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people like, oh, like whenever someone says like, "Oh, I pick this one," it's like, "Yeah, because of this, 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 this." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And you're like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Yeah, it all it all makes sense why you could pick any given film. Um, each of them are excellent. And um, yeah, I would totally recommend checking out the extendeds for all three, and and you know, watching with friends or whatever. And the 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 thing you know, Lord of the Rings fans tend to do is just make a marathon out of it. You know, a yearly pilgrimage because. Uh, I don't know how things are in your perspective of media, your your channel's point of view on it all, but we kind of over here feel like things have suffered a bit in uh, Hollywood and that films. 
because like all the discussions about Lord of the Rings and beyond the writing, just all the ways that the the films were produced and lovingly crafted, uh, it just feels like a very dead art, or at least just you know, it's there's hardly anyone left who's got anywhere close to the kind of production investment. I've even seen people say you shouldn't attribute the Lord of the Rings trilogy of films to Hollywood because of all the effort and creativity was done in like New Zealand. And on that same vein, it's like, well, that is Hollywood working correctly, I would argue, that they know who to give the money to and where to send them or where to allow them to go. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, looking back, it's like this insane thing that happened that we, we don't even know how it happened. Like, um, and we're so fucking lucky that we got them. Uh, well, it's remarkable because it's kind of, there really is like no other trilogy that challenges Lord of the Rings for being the best trilogy. Usually there's one, you know, there's one movie that lets it down. Oftentimes, um, yeah. yeah like then the again, other. I mean, you have stuff like Indiana Jones that's a lot more consistent uh, as, like, a quality trilogy. Obviously, Indiana Jones Star feels War, like it would be number two. Um, I think it would be, because there's no other trilogy I can think of that was as consistent. Because um, with anything else, it would be like, well, Return of the Jedi has some seriously weak elements. Alien 3, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, Back to the Future would be another top dog as well, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more competitive. Um, and then, of course, yeah, The Matrix. Oof. Ooh. Damn. <laughs> one, like, legendary film, and then the other one's like, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, Toy Story until the fourth one. Eh, three, three's, uh, three is, is weaker than I one bet. and two, I would say. I like, never made a fourth one. Toy Story <laughs> never no, they, the fourth one didn't happen. Are they it making was... a fifth? Is that happening? It is, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. They yep, they are. No. Oh, dude, it's no, been a no. bad year for Disney. They're probably looking to see, like, fuck, all right, what sequels can we make? How many Toy Stories can we make? <laughs> but then again, Lightyear didn't really pan out, so, you know. I'm glad I skipped that one. Yeah, I've heard yeah. nothing but bad things for Lightyear. Nobody watched it. <laughs> That's the problem. I heard that it's, like, a crazy, wacky fucking storyline, too. Like, of the people who did see it, which are very few. Um, I mean, you know, there's Wish. I've heard good things about that, right? Everyone loves Wish. Oh, yes. Wish I've heard um, yeah, that Wish be... exists at Everybody's times. Everybody's real excited. At Man, what a great way times. to celebrate 100 years of Disney, that movie. What a good idea that was. Hell yeah. What are you? Uh, what films what? are you excited for, Rob? <laughs> um, I don't think there is any. Um, <laughs> what have I seen? I've seen a few films this year. I saw, um, I mean, Little Mermaid was... Well, Little Mermaid. Mm. Uh, what else came out this year? Mario was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw Wonka today, actually. Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, Wonka was actually... Uh, it was all right. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I've seen a couple of people say it's better than uh, assumed. Like, everyone assumes it's going to be shit. Uh, apparently, Wonka, it's not. Isn't that to see the, it? That's the, uh, it's, it's not a consolation. Yeah, it's not a consolation, but it's better than the Tim Burton one. But, no, mm. I enjoyed it. Um... What else did you see? Uh, did you see Oppenheimer? I didn't. Mm, oh, you should. Good. Yeah, you I'd should. recommend. Uh, Check it out. It is my second favorite movie of the year. Oh my goodness, Fringy! <gasps> what is your favorite film of the year? My favorite movie of the year is The Killer. David Fincher's new movie. It's my favorite movie. Available on Netflix now. That's right. Watch it and understand it, please. <laughs> No. <laughs> you know what? Seems like Watch it back to back with Rebel Mood. That'll make you like it more. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Also available on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. 
I've, um, had, um, I've had Chicken Run 2 is meant to be pretty bad. Mm. Oh, damn, that's out, isn't it? We got to watch oh, it. It's yeah. on Netflix. And I love Wait, it's out now already? Yeah, it's out. I think it came so, out. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God. Somewhere. There's so many things. Yeah. No, I, I know. Yeah. Gotten ridiculous, uh, I told you. People are asking not Indiana. Godzilla. I like Godzilla Minus One. It's not my favorite movie of the year, though. Me and Rang to see. You 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 should see it. It's it's. I think it's solid. I think well, it's Mel solid is uh, Mel's coming over in a couple of days. We're gonna go see it in the cinema together. It'll be fun. Yeah, uh, you should watch it in cinema. Yeah, giant definitely. lizard movie. Uh, catch it on the big screen. It's impressive how much they managed to accomplish with their very 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 small budget. Uh, what was the budget? Uh, like I think it was like fifteen million, less than fifteen million dollars. I think. Yeah, he's been he's been trying to correct the record, right? The director on the the budget. Yeah, it actually wasn't that high. And yeah. in thirteen, yeah, I'm not sure how much exactly, but yeah, turns out you can actually do a lot with relatively little. If well, and also you, you can do can. more. With, you can do more with the big lizard movie than just have really shit like Characters. drama, yeah. human drama for ninety three percent of the movie. Yeah, you can actually have a Godzilla movie where you had an idea for a story that was relevant to Godzilla thematically, uh, like a story that has characters and and like interesting what? characters, likable characters as well. It's it's way better than the Western Godzilla movies. Uh, Godzilla minus one is way better than fucking Godzilla King of the Monsters. But remember, some of you guys th thought it was good. All right. Yeah, whoa, I remember. Whoa, all I, right, remember. I do out. remember. But it was like, oh yeah, no, it's 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 what we want out of a Godzilla movie. And then Godzilla minus one comes out, and it's like an actual movie. <laughs> and and now we all realize, like, oh right, you can actually have like a Godzilla movie be a movie, like a story with characters and themes. It was a very wacky experience. I still remember. I tweeted out the the human stuff was horrendously bad about King of the Monsters, mm -hmm. and a lot of the replies I got were from people saying, "Why the hell do you care about the human stuff in a Godzilla movie?" Because now every percent of the fucking movie, and now everyone's oh, praising funny, the human right? stuff in the new Godzilla yeah. movie. Because Godzilla, the new Godzilla movie, is a story that has characters and a yeah. story. Yeah, because all you need to do is write them well. That's it. <laughs> That's well, the key. Have like thematic elements that are relevant to the main character and relevant to Godzilla, and actually tie them together. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Robbie mentioned you'd seen Dial of Destiny. What was your take on that? Oh dear. <laughs> Come so, on! It was I so good. It. You loved it. All right. So I lo I love Raiders. Um. I'm in the minority. I actually thought Temple of Doom was slightly better. Um, oh my god! Oh my we god. we actually share an opinion there. That's actually something yeah. that's one of my controversial opinions. Ah, it's a lot darker, and I I like that. Um, Last Crusade, I don't love as much as everyone else, but I don't hate it. I think it's all right. That's my so favorite. It's, it's, so. And that's <laughs> where we do it's see my, yeah, that's, that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Our favorite. Yeah, it's our but, favorite one. To be fair, I've seen Raiders yeah. and Temple a lot more, so I'd have to rewatch yeah. Last Crusade. Um, mm -hmm. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is is awful. And then uh, the Dial of Destiny, I had like no expectations, and it made they me still miss. Still weren't met. <laughs> yeah. It made me that miss is, uh... Shia LaBeouf. It's so bad. Like it makes Kingdom of the Crystal Skull look like Raiders. It's so bad. I would say I had uh, some... that it's it's a runner for the worst movie of the year. Yeah, there's uh, it's a couple. Of... We'll probably talk about this on the New Year's uh, stream, but like because I got to do it with Gary as well. Uh, I think for FNT, but like what. Looking back on the year, we've had some fucking stinkers. It's been 
we've, we've had some real bad ones. But the the I guess the silver lining is that a lot of these stinkers failed spectacularly, yeah. like in in a spectacular fashion that's kind of unprecedented. This has been an awful year for superhero films in terms of making. Wasn't, money. I was going to say, wasn't Ant Man three was this year, right? Ant Man three was, was this year, year, and that one underperformed to the point that I think it's accepted that it lost money. Um, and then obviously yeah. the Marvel was a spectacular box office bomb, the worst, lowest grossing <laughs> MCU movie, lower than uh, Incredible Hulk that came out like fifteen years ago, oh, wow. and that's not even accounting for inflation. Uh, obviously, Guardians DC's three was good. Well, <laughs> Guardians 3 was successful, that's for it sure. sure was. Had I, not some a, good stuff not only was Guardians 3 successful, it was beloved by many. So it, you know. I liked it, it, Guardians it, 3, but when people were saying it was the best Marvel film since Endgame, I'm like, have we just forgotten No Way um, Home? Yeah, I guess so. Fair. A fair statement. <laughs> and of course, it's funny fair. when you say best was since fair. Endgame. That's an interesting sort of... Because I hear that a lot. Yeah, it's the best one yeah. since Endgame. It's like, we have... I think you mean Infinity War, but yeah. Yeah, we, we have quite a storied history of covering everything Marvel. And I say that, right? And I felt it com confidently. And then I'm like, well, no. We didn't cover Hawkeye. <clears throat> we didn't cover Miss Marvel. Uh, Miss Marvel. And uh, what else did we... I don't think, something else, right? Oh, Eternal. Or technically, we, we had you... You, you did a summary of Eternal, so I guess that counts. Yeah. Nobody cared about that film, so... We yeah. would have had... We would have talked briefly about the first two episodes of What If, yeah. Um... But season two's out. Are you excited? You're going to check out these great. I'm going to read some. Yeah, of read them pieces. off because yeah, yeah. Um, because one of my favorite things about what if is how the what if questions are terrible. Um, that's one of my favorite. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Wow, that's like Boring. a wow. I like don't give a shit at all. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? But why? Why? And he did. Remember in Infinity War, and then they became pals. Yeah, that's a weird uh, one. What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? Yeah. Well, that's just that's a meme, out. I guess. So, well, because they're releasing one day after the next, so they're not doing weekly release. These are all coming out one day after the other, so all the way until the end of the year. Um, what if Iron Man crashed into the Grand Master? Okay. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? I don't care. <laughs> Um, I, what if Kahori, I don't know what that, reshaped the world? Yeah, sure, what if that um, happened? What if, uh, what if Hela found the Ten Rings? Yes, because when I was watching Thor Ragnarok, the interesting question on my mind was, man, wouldn't it have been interesting to see what, here's one, if you were going to do one with Hela, what if, like, Odin and Hela continued their conquest? What if they never stopped? Yeah. Doesn't that just instantly seem like, huh, why don't you take, like, an event that happens in the film and then go, you know, what happens if we just tweak it even a little bit? Why is it these bizarre things like, yeah, I always wondered what would happen if your OC, Captain Carter, fought a Hydra Stomper. Yeah, that, man, that really, you answered a question that's been burning in the back of my mind ever since Iron Man 1. You always, um, surely you want to go back throughout the MCU and find all of the close shaves or the pathways that almost got taken that would have been completely different. I was just thinking about Doctor Strange. Like, what if Dormammu won and the Dark Dimension started yeah. to infect the whole world? How does oh, that? You can make it one yeah, episode. He probably wins, but like, what do all the heroes do? I don't know. I mean, and the one that I've really been fascinated by is like, what if Tony died? What if when he got hit by the shrapnel, it killed him? Like, that was no, it. no Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see what happens with Obadiah and how he takes over the company and all of the potential ramifications of that. Because what happens, you know, like, what, what is the nature of Fury 
instituting sh like the Avenger initiative when Tony's not there. Unless the imagination Tony's here is you know, Hela getting the Ten Rings. It's like, why did you even suggest that? What Hela yeah, with the like, Ten why Rings? Why was that a suggestion? Why did it get past everybody? Why did everybody say? By the way, we got two more. Um, the the next one is what if the Avengers assembled in sixteen o two? I mean, and then the uh, last one is what if Strange Supreme intervened? Okay. This is a really good use of time and money. I well, yeah, say. I was going to say they they could. There's nothing stopping them from making interesting stuff. Why don't they make it interesting stuff? I don't know. Like, do they hate I don't, I being interesting? Know. I don't understand. I, I don't know. I guess it's. I guess I am baffled that these are like the best ideas. And remember, like some of the other ones I had, like what if zombies? Uh, what if? See, this would be what if Ultron won? It's like okay, that's that's better. Like as a premise. Um, like, what if he actually defeated, but I'm sure yeah. it was stupid. His first two episodes were, like, embarrassing. Um, it was astounding. Well, didn't he kill Thanos with his laser? Thanos yeah, was, like, just powered up, but still. Yeah, chopped him in half, which, um, yeah, I don't know about that, but alright. Like, with no, with no, with no stones, Thanos was able to take on Thor. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that the laser, remember, the laser... Vision's laser couldn't even destroy, um, like, Ultron. They needed all three of them together to, like, wear him down, and it didn't mm -hmm. even, like, obliterate him completely. But that would mean watching the past films and remembering what happened in them, so, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> fun, fun, fun. But what, Chicken Run, right? That's, that's gotta be, we gotta, we gotta watch Chicken Run, right? We have to. Has anyone else seen it in the I world? I don't. I, I wanna. I wanna know. I really love the first chicken okay, run, so I, I think fine. I need to know. We'll watch. What it. happened? The enthusiasm. And you gotta watch that and Aquaman too, back to back. Ah, fucking hell! I feel like thematically speaking, they suit each other pretty well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. No, no nobody disagrees. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Love other Twilight movies for Christmas. Why? Oh my god. <laughs> How did you do that? Um, well, anyway, uh, uh, Rob, what's next for you? Are you uh, you just trying to get some reviews done? Because you're doing that 1001 Movies thing. Have you completed that? Or? No, no, no. Lord of the Rings was 100 at the minute. I'm on, like, uh, well, I've scheduled ahead of time, so I don't even know what I'm on at the minute, 120 or something. Um, I'm focusing more on my other channel, so this month I'm taking a bit of a break to... I've got another channel where I do, like, true crime documentaries, so I'm kind of focusing on that. Mm. But I'll be back with reviews um, next year. Um, I did all of the Marvel films earlier this year, which is quite fun, because I hadn't actually seen a good chunk of them. Um, which, one, which one's your favourite? Infinity War. Blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I like Infinity um, War. I remember watching... I watched it with with my partner, and I was like proper geeking out. And then there's the part in Wakanda where Thor flies in and lands, and then uh, Bruce Banner's like, "Oh, you're all screwed now!" And I just lost my mind. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" Um, and because I watched them chronologically, not chronologically, uh, release date order. Yeah. So by the time Infinity War ended, I just wanted to go straight to Endgame. Uh, I had to watch the ones in between. Um, I was actually quite disappointed with Endgame. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it's I not was, good that you were was, sad, but it's you know. We, we, I was so yeah. hyped for Endgame, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> like okay. Uh, so when people are like, it's the best one since Endgame. Mm -hmm. Really? Uh, 
That's what's it's Infinity uh, War, right? That's that's the real Infinity metric. War. Infinity War peaked, and then after that, I love No Way Home. Um, okay, like Guardians Three was fine. I liked it, but it's it's not. Yeah, a lot of Marvel anymore. fans now like to think that it ends with Infinity War. That ending, the credits were so depressing. Everyone's dead. It's like that's the end of the MCU. There, there you go. Yeah, I'll off agree into with the that. Sunset. It's over. It's like, oof. Yeah, because they're in a bit of trouble yeah. right now. That's, uh, even an eye on Star Wars and Marvel is a lot of what we do on EFAP, and holy moly, it's been a rocky mm-hmm. ride. Star Wars. Star so, Wars is a wild ride. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Disney's IPs are just absolutely floundering. It's crazy. Um, we're in an unprecedented time, and uh, it's getting more and more addressed publicly by sources that wouldn't normally ever admit that that's the problem, but they just, they, there's no, money talks, and they ain't making it anymore. Which is annoying them, I think. Even though they're spending hundreds of millions on these projects, people are just ain't going to see them. They're going to go see Barbie, or Five Nights at Freddy's, or an R-rated three-hour biopic. Like, <laughs> I guess that's what people do now. They don't go to see the superheroes. Because What's your uh, least favorite Marvel film? Uh, oh. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yep. Okay. Fucking One of movie. the worst movies ever. If you want to know why, I made a six-hour video with the help of Fringy to, uh, and a few other editors. Yeah, we we it, it just it's uh there's I've never come across a film with more contradictions. It's uh, it holds the record, and I don't think it'll ever be broken. The staggering. Someone put in the in the someone put in the chat that I want to talk about. I walked out of Endgame when the girls pose <laughs> for for a couple. Of, yeah, so that scene actually bothered me because like one Spider Man says in that scene like oh captain marvel can't handle the gauntlet on her own like, she literally just took down an entire ship single-handedly <laughs> yeah. but then they do this whole like feminist scene which is fair enough but like most of the women there don't know each other there's no unity no but most and of, what them are the odds, do not- you know that they all ended up at that exact point in the battlefield yeah what does he just highlight? Like, what the hell's Mantis gonna do to help Captain Marvel? Yeah, <laughs> Fucking Mantis. Like, literally, only about two of them actually have superpowers. You got what, Pepper Potts, yeah, who and the rescue suit. had powers. Yeah, and then I don't, I don't get, I don't, I don't get the point of that. It was just so poorly handled. Well, it's, uh, it's um, crazy because Infinity War did it way better. The three yep. girls on the battlefield that uh, helped each other out against. The approximate midnight, right? And they killed it all together. They were there at the time. One of them needed help. Funnily enough, the most powerful one out of the three got helped by two of the low, way lower powered ones. It was kind of a cool moment. And then they were like, oh, you like that? How about every woman <laughs> turns up at the same time? Yeah. It's like, what the hell are you doing? I think my first sign of uh, Endgame that it wasn't going to work was they killed Thanos in the first like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, oh. That was weird, this, yeah. Right. Yeah, they killed um, off the cool Thanos, and then we got lame Goober yeah. Thanos. Yes. I was told in advance that they do tri- time travel, and I'm like, okay, well, let's see what they... And at first, I thought it was quite interesting, because Hulk does this whole thing where you don't mess up the timeline, and they make some Back to the Future jokes. I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. But then it just seemed like a nostalgia trip. Like, let's just go through previous films... And yeah, they, they do really things do incredibly anything. inefficiently to be like, look, it's Avengers 2012. You like Avengers 2012. Look, it's Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. You like that one? Like, hmm. And then they say, oh, it doesn't affect timelines if you go back, but then the movie ends with Cap <laughs> taking the stones back. 
but I thought it didn't affect timelines, unless I'm missing uh, something here. No, the time travel doesn't make any fucking sense. The more you think about it, it gets worse and worse. It's uh, completely dysfunctional. Especially because um, multiple people come back from the dead. But yeah. yet Tony and Natasha, they stay dead. They, they've got to yeah. stay dead. They can't come back. Everyone else is like fine. Loki's back. They're doing this insane universal outright magic that just has no limits or anything. And then he's like, I tried to bring Natasha back, but I just couldn't. It's like, oh yeah? That's just, they just you just couldn't? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's our rule. We just can't. It's like, all right, fine. <laughs> you say so. So um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a wacky you've round. Got, um, yeah, Eternals was um, a film, I think. It was, yes. I don't remember anything from it. I remember Angelina Jolie was there doing something. Uh, Shang Chi. I like Shang Chi. I don't remember a lot from it, but I remember enjoying it for I what think it was. We rated that one the highest of all of the that shit was the ones. Highest. Yeah, I think I think it still is the highest, except for uh, No Way Home. Yeah, mm. just <laughs> out of three out of ten. Yeah, that's. Uh... I just hesitate <laughs> like to remember. You know, it's like fuck. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of movies and TV shows, and very very few of them have right. been of quality. Even Wakanda Forever, I'm like that was Oof, the one yeah. underwater. I think a bit underwater. Yeah. Which is a shame, because the first Black Panther I really liked. Oh, I've got a video for that one, too. <laughs> I did not like that. I wanted to like it. Oh, you didn't Black, love Panther. Black, Panther. Black Panther was awesome in Civil War. I thought he was crap in his own movie. That's not fair. fair. They made him, like, I don't know, just weak. Um, unfortunate, but... Yeah. Um... It's not Far From Home as well. Far From Home existed. Uh, I think Far From Home, my problem was it just turned way too cartoony. Like, when you've literally got a scene where Peter Parker's on a bus and he's like, oh, look out there! And then he swings through the roof of the bus to save people and then lands back in and nobody notices. The drone. And you've got Nick Fury, who isn't really Nick Fury, rearranging his school trip across Europe. <laughs> There's wackiness in that movie, yes. But I still like the... Um... The role points they make about like Spider-Man's role compared to Iron Man now that he's gone, sort of thing. Like I feel like there's more character work in that than almost all of the newer stuff as it comes out. Like I don't, even, I don't know if you saw the Marvels, but like it is difficult no. to mine that movie for character, like, digging everywhere looking for anything. It's um, it's it's it's, it's downright crazy that because what would people celebrate the MCU for back in the day was like yeah as much as the plots might not make sense or that they don't fully connect it's like you can always get a core character that you care about that's the important thing they're going on some kind of journey that you can relate to in some way shape or form but it's like they've completely lost that at this point yeah I'm scared to watch the Marvels I'm not gonna lie Captain Marvel was awful yes it was <laughs> and then she appears in Endgame and oh dear um, um yeah Captain Marvel I tr- I tried to like it or you hate women it's remote. okay you can admit it it's fine you're among uh <laughs> you're among allies here of women no, i remember in one of in one of in one of the earlier films nick fury says something like last time i trusted someone i lost an eye and you're like oh i wonder what this is it's a cat a yep. cat scratched out his eye <laughs> we've been told by many people that that's really funny and that's why that's good like oh mm. 
It's the way to do it. Uh, but I was gonna say you you need to head out soon, so we'll probably actually wrap up there. And don't be saying short man bad. You guys got eight you just got complete eight hours of Lord of the Rings edited hours. All right, we are we're allowed to, but we're also gonna be making some extra things for you anyway. We got some other stuff we got to do, um, so don't you worry. But I think this makes for an excellent Christmas gift. The wonderful addition mm -hmm. of cinematic venom to the. Uh, the EFAP cast, in a sense. Um, you know, we'll happily, uh, if you're interested, have you back someday, maybe, to play a game of Gothic Phone or to react to some videos online. You never know. It'd be all kinds of fun. I'll be down for that. But, um, yeah. you know, honestly, man, I really appreciate you coming on, and I hope that... Uh, Absolutely. Things, I really things, do appreciate uh, it as well, yeah. I hope things are on the up and up for you. I hope things are going better. I, uh, I, I wouldn't want... Yeah, definitely any of the crazy nastiness of the internet to have overcome you in any way, shape, or form. And, um, you know what? Like, it, it just... I get a sense from you that you're passionate about film, at least in... as an art form in some way, shape, or form, and, and that you want to make your own stuff, and it's, uh, you know... Yeah. As long as they're not yeah. acting gay, then I'm all for it. A good you know, rule. A yeah, good it's rule. a really Words solid rule of thumb. That's what you stick to, you know. Um, but yeah, do you want to... Do you want to tell chat where they can find you, where you're, uh, what you're up to and stuff? So, I mean, I've still got the same. I've, let me type in the chat. But yeah, you can just find me on Cinematic Venom. I've got another channel uh, called Seeking Answers, which is the true crime. Oh, wait, I just tried to type. There we go. I've got a true crime channel called Seeking Answers, um, which does cover a documentary about that person who was in the original Lord of the Rings review. Cheap plug there for my trauma. Right. Um, yeah, go check out the other channel. Uh, movie reviews will be continuing. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got you linked in the. Uh... In the description as well, and I think a lot of people are really uh, excited to see you, just to see what you're up to and everything, and make sure. Like I said, no, uh, the hard feelings certainly not on our end, and I assume not on yours. It's just a matter of uh, we love Lord of the Rings. We checked out a video that wasn't so happy with it, and it seems that it only took a few Can't years. Imagine why? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a legend. It's considered one of the favorite episodes of all time. So uh, it really is. This is you brought a lot of people great joy. You're uh, a. <laughs> It, it would be nothing to, to you, but you're competing with Synthetic Man as the best episode, so... We should do a tournament okay. of EFAP episodes but we like, But we like you, Yes. So <laughs> don't worry about that here. Well, yeah, to be fair, Cinematic Venom has said at least one insightful thing, so it kind of puts him way above, you know? Oh, yeah, you're way ahead of Synthetic Man. I'd say that. Not bad. And also, we... <laughs> well, we won't get into some of the other... No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely encourage people to check out episode. Well, what is that? Two eighteen, I want to say. It's I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, an epic adventure that almost killed everybody getting through it. Anyway, um, again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll probably wrap up there. Is there anything uh, rags for you want to say before we go? I don't think so. I'm just uh, really glad that you were able to come on. I, uh, I I'm really looking forward to maybe seeing you again on something. Mm. Yeah, we don't. Um, definitely. Thanks for having me. No yeah, problem on, at all. As for updates, I got nothing. I'm just working. Yeah. Um. You have fans. Where the plan is to be streaming the New Year episode on the thirtieth. I know that's not well. Fringy will be in. No, will he? No, will he be? Thirtieth So that'll be New Year's. But 8th. like late uh, my thirtieth. Where does that put you? Mid thirty-first. No, it's, well, so it's Christmas Eve right now, but in the morning. So it'll put us. In I the, see. Well. It'll be close enough. It's a Saturday. What could we do other than that? I think I'm booked for the Sunday anyway, but point being is that we'll do our usual New Year's on then, and maybe something else at different points. You know, no promises. Stuff is on the way. Things are being made. Um, yep. 
So yeah, we'll we'll see you folks in whatever the next thing is. But for now, but, uh, before that, Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry uh, yeah, Christmas! Right. Holiday. <laughs> Good holiday. ho ho ho! Presents, turkey or chicken or yeah. whatever it is that you like to eat. Watch some movies, maybe. Have have a good have a good holiday, guys. Have a lovely one. But for now, have a good one. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye. See you later. Bye bye. <laughs>